Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. Perfect. Welcome, everybody. Episode 252 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today is, I always say the AD, athletic director, but we'll say <laughs> director of athletics and recreation at Plattsburgh State, Mike Howard. Um, I did not know you had been there for eight years, so you're you're a pretty seasoned vet, at least in uh, Cardinal country. Time flies. Um, yeah. But how, how did you get... Um, Kind of looking around, you're a North Country guy, um, a little bit south of us, a little bit west of us, but now you're you're uh, up in the great Northeast here um, of New York State. So how did you get here? Yeah, well, give us the background. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll give you kind of the abbreviated version. So I um, I grew up in Saranac Lake, so not too far away from here. Um, my mom still lives up there. I've got two sisters that live there, so I'm in Saranac Lake quite a bit uh, visiting them. Um, and I went to college at uh, St. Lawrence University in Canton, New York. So um, my brother had gone there, graduated seven years before me. Um, so I kind of followed in his footsteps. He was a runner. I was a runner in high school. We both ran collegiately. Um, so I went from Saranac Lake to St. Lawrence as a student, um, got involved in a number of different programs when I was there, um, Worked there during the summertime as a counselor for Upward Bound, and um, I was a government history major. So my long-term goal was to be a lawyer. Um, Fast forward, you can see that I've been in (laughs) athletics for 30-plus years. Uh, So that didn't quite work out, but that wasn't the path that I ended up uh, going down. But um, So I ended up, uh, you know, went to St. Lawrence as a student, stayed there, loved the area, um, ended up coaching there for 25 years, and... uh, when the AD job opened up here at Plattsburgh, now, as you said, almost eight years ago, um, I wanted to be an AD at some point. Um, didn't necessarily envision it being at Plattsburgh. Didn't necessarily have a, a place in mind, but wanted to, to, to try my hat at being an athletic director. And um, so when this job opened up, I applied for it. But as you can imagine, having been at one place for 20-some years, I, I, I wasn't really anticipating taking the job. Uh, nor leaving, but um, I say to people quite often, I came over for the interview, and I remember clearly driving back to Canton after two days of interviewing here on campus and meeting a lot of people from Plattsburgh, not just uh, on-campus folks, but folks off campus as well. Um, And I called um, my fiancé at the time, now wife, and I said, I'm in trouble. She said, what do you mean? I said, I really like this place. I like the feel. I had a great interview. Mm -hmm. Things went well. So long story short, I got the job and and, and ended up coming here. So um, So that's where we're at. So a transition from – well, actually, let's go go back. We'll we'll kind of work our way through this. So have you always been a love of – had a love of sports? Absolutely. So like from like a little kid kid growing up? Yeah, 100%. And then – so. And I'm going to kind of speed through this, but if you go, you know, obviously a young kid playing youth athletics, high school, college, and now obviously, you know, having it as a career, at what point do you think that 
athletics hooked you where you're like, this is really what I want to do. Cause yeah. I mean, I, I remember playing sports as a kid and you like sports. I want to be a professional baseball player, whatever that is. But, uh, for someone to stay in athletics, as long as you have, was there a moment yeah. where you're like, I, I, this, I love this. Yeah. Well, you know, I, as you said, I, I, as a kid, probably like you, I mean, you get involved in athletics when you're six, seven, eight years old. Um, I remember back in the day in, in, in Saranac Lake, they don't, you know, we're all, we're kind of spoiled now with all these indoor ice rinks. And, um, you know, I learned how to skate on an outdoor rink and started playing youth hockey, you know, as a mite and a squirt and a peewee, you were playing outside, you know, you got a penalty, you went and sat in snowbank, you know, so, um, the good old days. And, uh, and, um, so, uh, and I, played everything growing up I, I played baseball I played little league baseball I played hockey I played basketball in high school um, so I kind of moved from sport to sport and I loved every minute of everything I played I honestly can't think of a sport that I played or that I've even watched that I don't necessarily like um, so you know I, I always had a love of sports but as I said a few minutes ago I kind of thought you know I also had you know, I, I, I'm a big political buff, and I kind of follow local politics. My dad, when he was, um, he's no longer with us, but he was a, a deputy mayor, trustee for a long time in the in the village of Saranac Lake. So I remember as a little kid going to election night and kind of mm -hmm. waiting for the votes to come in. And so that was kind of what I aspired to do when I went to college. But uh, being a collegiate athlete and then my first year out, uh, the coach uh, at the time asked me to come on and be an assistant coach. And it was kind of that my senior year of college and then working into, we had a lot of success as a program, as a track team at that time. We finished second in the country as an indoor track team. Mm -hmm. um, and then staying on as a coach that next year. And I really loved the coaching piece um, that I said, you know, this is a passion that I really want to try to pursue. So I shelved, any academic plans after that and said, I'm just going to hang out and coach for a couple of years and see where that goes. And, um, my second year into coaching, 24 years old, um, having a good time doing it. Um, our head coach at the time uh, at St. Lawrence of the track and field program was also a football coach and he got a head football coaching job at another division three school down South. So the AD came to me and said, Howard, you know, I know you probably weren't thinking you were going to do this right away, but can you step in to be the head coach for the rest of the year? I said yes, and then 24 years later, so was still was still doing it. So I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, uh, but everything just kind of came together. But it was, to get back to your question, it was kind of that year or so out of college, that uh, that first coaching experience that, that hooked me. Was uh was track and field always your number one priority or was that just the one you excelled at and you kind of just took the pathway? Yeah. yeah I mean, I was realistic about, I, I think, you know, um, not to pat myself on the, my back, but I, I remember, uh, my brother was a really accomplished runner. Um, you know, he was a multiple time all American qualified for the Olympic trials a couple times in the marathon. Wow. So he was a step, a notch above me as a runner. Um, but I remember our local paper doing a story on him when he was in college and, he referenced me as being kind of the true athlete in the family and him. Now he was a runner. Mm -hmm. Um, my passion was, as I said, I liked everything, you know? Um, and you know, I, as I said, I played basketball in, in high school because we didn't have indoor track. Um, but I'd like to think I was a pretty decent basketball player. Um, but I realized that if I was going to do something collegiately, 
I was going to have more success in running. Um, so that's kind of what ultimately led me to saying, okay, I want to run. And I was recruited by St. Lawrence and a few other schools to run and had some pretty good success in cross country and stuff. So that's why I, I chose that. But, uh, you know, even as an undergrad, um, I, you know, I played basketball, pick up basketball, played intramural basketball, um, have continued to skate and do things like that to this day. So I, I run is my, my main thing to stay in shape, but, mm -hmm. but I love, I love sports. So, um, so when you do cross country, is it mostly 5Ks is the race? Yeah, in or? high school, it's mostly 5K. In, yep. in college, uh, the woman runs 6K, the men run 8K. So it's a little okay. bit more closer to five miles for a high school or a college male runner. And that's pretty consistent? Like that's yep. the standard Pretty length. consistent, yeah. Um, so when you ended up getting the coaching position, so and I'm going to say assistant coach because you got brought on yep. pretty young. Were you coaching teammates? Former I, teammates? I was, yeah. Did you find yeah. that was easy, hard? Was it? That's tough, you know, and I and I know other coaches that have gone through that mm -hmm. in, in that sport and in other sports. And it, it's, it's uh, I just followed recently, and I can't remember her name, the, the coach at North Carolina. Oh, the 23-year-old. Um, the 23 or 24-year-old. Yeah, field hockey. Former player in field hockey who just won the national championship again for them. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And I watched a couple of interviews with her, and she was – for I, I hate to say a 24 year I'm not I don't want to make it sound like a 24 year old is not mature but she sounded Above, well, yeah. mature well, beyond her years yeah um in her interview she answered the questions exceptionally well and it sounds like of course we're not there day to day but it certainly sounded like uh her players had great respect and admiration for her um and that's kind of the way my experience was um well again if it, I mean she's obviously at the uh this is her right let me see if we can bring it up mm -hmm. here yeah, so I mean, for someone sure, to go yep. from playing to now the head coach at such a young age, and again, some of the kids or some of her players were teammates <laughs> yeah. of hers. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, so I coached soccer for, I think it was eight years, and the first time I, now this was high school and uh, level, and I remember getting asked to coach a year after I got, I was done playing. So I went to Plattsburgh State, I stayed at home, I was working, yeah. and I started coaching, and um, so I ended up spending a lot of time there, and it was fun, but... A couple of the players were former teammates, which actually wasn't, I wasn't the head coach. So I was kind of like the liaison and, you know, I think it was a, a good buffer. Um, but I really like coaching. And I think that, I mean, the only reason I got out of it was because of kids. Like yeah. I probably would still love doing yeah. it, but I ended up, um, one of the things I, f I felt that I gravitated towards, like I was an okay athlete. I'm not, I didn't play in college. I wasn't like super, my accolades weren't high. I was very realistic with my skill level, but I always had um, a pretty good mind for the game. My athletic ability wasn't like, didn't stay on par with, with that. So I felt like coaching was kind of fun because I did allow, like, it was like a lot of the strategy. It was a lot of like the psychological people aspects. You're dealing with kids, you're dealing with yeah. performance, you're dealing with all that stuff. And um, I felt, I always felt as a coach, it's a different perspective than a player because I feel like, especially running, because yeah. it's very individualized. Yep. I mean, day to day, you have teammates and stuff, and you obviously are trying to as a team. Um, but I always felt like when you're on the coaching level, you're now responsible for everybody, but you're not only responsible for like the wins and losses, you're responsible for, you know, a lot of times, like, how's a kid performing in yeah. school, out of school, on the court, yeah. off the court? You know, you start, um, and I did basketball for three years, but mostly soccer. But when you start looking at that, it's like you, it kind of pulls you away and gives you more of like a holistic, like a 30,000 foot view of, yeah. I think sports or of the team. 
and you start thinking differently. You start looking at strategy. You start looking, um, at least for me in like soccer, I played, you know, we had a really good team, but I played it in a specific position. Yep. So now it's like, okay, you're out of that position. Now you got to know all 11 positions yep. and you got to understand the strategy. And I liked it because it was an extra challenge. Did you find when you were um, coaching and you went from like, what was the biggest change from, I guess, being an athlete to being a coach? And what was the, the biggest challenge you had to overcome to kind of um, yeah. bridge that gap? Well, I think you I think you nailed it pretty well. I mean, it's it's all those extra things that you don't see as an, as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, it's making hotel arrangements. It's setting up bus trips. It's recruiting. Um, and that was probably the biggest learning curve for me is recruiting. Yeah. Um, because... I think a lot of folks don't understand, you know, who don't follow athletics to the extent that maybe you and I do, or those that really certainly you in your sports. position. Yeah. Um, Division three recruits that are recruiting is the lifeblood. I mean, you got to have athletes. Yep. Um, you the horses. And uh, you know, you got to be able to do. It. I think I saw an interview lately, uh, recently, where uh, Pat Summit, when she was coaching at Tennessee, said uh, John Wooden. One of his first conversations he had with her about coaching when she first took on coaching is you're not going to win any national championships with donkeys. You got to have players. Um, and at the division three level, certainly at, to a lesser extent than division one, um, recruiting is very important. So you've got to be a good recruiter mm-hmm. and that doesn't come naturally to, I think a lot of folks who were athletes in college, but not necessarily uh, coaches. So my first thing, and, and this is something we work on a lot with our younger coaching staff now, because we have a lot of younger coaches on our staff, mm-hmm. is is recruiting. It's that understanding where to get athletes from, where to find them, what kind of conversations you got to have, getting out and meeting all the high school coaches and making sure that they you're building connections and relationships with them. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was all those intangibles, but – Recruiting probably more than ever because um, I, you know, I struggled, I think, as a young coach my first couple of years just because you didn't have, you didn't have those horses, you yeah. know, you, um, um, you had, you had ponies for lack of a better word, you know, you yeah. had runners to fill spots, but not the kids that we needed to, to have to be at a really high level program, which is where we wanted to be. So it took, you know, five or six years to kind of get a handle of that and also get yourself kind of known you know, throughout the area. How do, um, and I guess this, like, cause the skill set, like coaching is a massive skill set, but recruiting is a massive skill set. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. what do you find that's most common? Do you find that you have a head coach that can recruit the hell out of players and is really good? Do you find that it's, we have a head coach that can recruit, but maybe it's not a good X's and O's and we leave that to assistants or vice versa. Assistant yeah. is really good at recruiting yeah. head coach. Which one do you think is the most common? Um, Cause I'm assuming finding a head coach that can do both is like a unicorn. Like it's yeah, very difficult to find it. them. You know, and that's it. That's, that's, you know, the whole enchilada. If you can get that, if you can get somebody and, and we're fortunate here at Plattsburgh that we've got some coaches that have been doing it long enough mm-hmm. that they're really, really good at the X's and O's but they also are really good recruiters. Um, the dilemma is they don't, they might not have the time to spend on the road or as you mentioned a little bit ago, they, you know, having children, you know, you start to have kids, you have a family, mm-hmm. you have other things that are tying you down. So um, in many cases, trying to find a, a younger assistant coach who maybe doesn't have all those other ties going on in their life right now, or an older assistant coach who might be retired and might have more time and just has a passion for it to be able to recruit. 
you've got to have both pieces. Um, and the most successful teams that I'm familiar with can can do both. Um, does Division Three or Plattsburgh, is it... Uh, is there such things as scouts for Division Three, or is that mostly the coaching staff? Like, do you have, like you said, maybe you have an older, uh, you know, guy or gal that's you know, retired and loves sports, and it's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go drive down to Albany and watch somewhere out to Massachusetts and watch a hockey tournament or a basketball tournament, and just like make notes, scout for the coach that may be yeah. home with the family or maybe act just at practice. Yeah, um, is that common or is it, that it, it? It's common, certainly among good programs for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and I don't know necessarily if you'd call them officially scouts, but I know something that I did quite a bit as a coach, and I know some of our coaches here do it, and, and some of our better ones that have been around for a long time have more connections to do this, is using your alumni. Yeah. Um, not just, say, in the case of Plattsburgh State, if you're talking about hockey, not necessarily just hockey alumni, but it might be Plattsburgh alums in general who live in various parts of the state and mm-hmm. across the Northeast and in Canada who are calling up, you know, Moff or calling up Coach Hool and saying, hey, I got a kid for you. You got to – I saw this kid play hockey and they're lights out, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's – because you can't possibly get everywhere that you've got to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so having those connections in, – in, in my case, I – I used um, former athletes a lot to say, hey, because many of them went into coaching themselves at the high school level. Mm-hmm. They were teachers at a high school and then coaching there um, or doing it in their spare time. And or have, and then once they got a little older, they started to have kids of their own um, and, and using those connections to help feed you some kids oftentimes is really important. What um, regarding like... When you look at most kids, like Plattsburgh has some local kids that go. I mean, is it just do call it any? And this doesn't be Plattsburgh, be St. Lawrence. Like, do you try to get local kids that play local high school sports to come to college with the hope that maybe that spurs some interest yeah. in the team from the locals? Or is it more because I know there's some sports and you hear like generational things. Well, they never recruited local kids, and they all always recruit yeah. local kids, and you see kind of the ebb and flow. Naturally, they have to have the or they should have the talent to yep. play. You're not just giving them a spot because they live down the road. Um, but is that, if you're like, Hey, I can get a really good basketball player from PHS to play. Therefore all their old teammates and the parents are all going to be like, Hey, I want to go watch Johnny who played high school yeah. basketball last year. Now go play at, you know, at the Memorial. Like, is that something that you focus on? Or is that something that's, um, again, if they're good enough to play, that that's someone you really try to recruit hard for like yeah. kind of the extras that yeah. come with it. No, I, I would say, I, I don't know that we would say, I would say that we focus on it mm-hmm. a lot, but we do talk about it a lot. And I think that I, as a coach, I always had the mentality, and I was in a sport where cross-country track and field has been pretty good in the North Country. Yeah. So between Section 10, Section 7, um, maybe down into Section 3, which is kind of Watertown, heading towards Syracuse, Section 2, working over mm-hmm. towards Clifton Capital. Park and the Capital District. Those were kind of our primary recruiting stomping grounds um, for running at St. Lawrence and the Northeast, like Vermont and such. Very similar to a lot of the recruiting area that were footprint that we're trying to execute here at Plattsburgh. But I had the mentality in, in, in my sport that if there was a really good kid in the North Country, I needed to land that that person. Mm-hmm. Um because uh, you know, there's no reason that we shouldn't get the best kids out of our own backyard. Yeah. Um, occasionally, it doesn't work out. You got somebody who academically it doesn't. They want something different, 
or in, in the case of both Canton, when I was at St. Lawrence or Plattsburgh here, sometimes you get kids who just want to leave. They want to get out of town. They yeah. want to get out of Dodge. They want to get a little further away from mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Completely understand that. Um, but a lot of times those, those, those better kids want to stay here for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. It, they can play in front of their hometown crowd, um, get a lot of their friends and supporters. And so I've, I encourage our coaches to do the same or have the same mentality I had. We definitely want to be recruiting the better kids that can compete um, mm-hmm. and be part of it. Um, I know you mentioned like with soccer, uh, that's another one, certainly on the woman's side. Um, we've been able to attract a, lo- here a lot here at yeah. We've been able to attract a lot of locals and we've yeah. had a lot of success with that. Mm-hmm. So if you're attracting a lot of locals and it's not translating into wins, that's probably not going to work for you. Um, but fortunately, there are certain sports uh, from year to year, um, if you look at the whole North Country as a whole, where there's some good kids in just about everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we do talk about it. We do work for it. And, I, I, uh, I think the, the level of athletics locally – in the area has risen from when I, I mean, I was in school 15 years ago. I mean, we had some, where did you say you went to, I went to Shazy. Okay, so like small school, yeah, I mean, yeah. soccer was kind of our main yeah. thing, but we, uh, you know, if you start, I would say now watching like the level of athletics because of more access to travel, more access to coaches. And, and, you know, and I think there's a lot to be said about just the connectivity of the world in the sense that you can have access to coaches, whether it's webinars, webinars, or even just watching stuff on YouTube. I know yeah. it's silly as it sounds like you can learn yeah. a lot of technique that yeah. way. But I think that the kids now, at least you see the competitiveness of the local sports going going deeper at the state level. Yeah. Where before, it's like you never had a basketball team go to the Final Four. You never – you would get – I mean, soccer is probably the most successful, but that's only happened in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, you know, you have some great runners. You, so it's cool to see the local athletes kind of step up. Absolutely. Um, I mean, selfishly, I love looking out at like a basketball team or soccer team or hockey team and like, oh, well, that, that kid played yeah. local, which is yeah. – you know, it's, it's neat just because you might have heard the name in the paper. Yeah. but. Um, well, now, a lot of co- a lot of our coaches, to their credit, um, and Tanya and Franzi when they were here with women's soccer, yeah, Whitney's very much the same way now. Chris Taylor, um, our men's basketball coach is pretty involved. They they get involved locally yeah. with club teams throughout the course of the summertime, uh, throughout almost year round. So they're getting their name out mm-hmm. um, within the community and and their program out, and they're selfishly they're able to start watching these kids too when sometimes when they're 10 11 years old yeah um and oftentimes i remember having conversations with a lot of our coaches they'll say what this kid's gonna be real good um Mm -hmm. and then sure enough i read a lot about them in the paper their junior and senior year um and because they have that they've built that connection up with the coach Plattsburgh becomes an attractive place for them to, to or, land. Or even like second generation. Like I know yeah. a couple of the boys on the basketball team, their dads were, yeah. I mean, Hall of Fame All-Stars for Plattsburgh yeah. years ago. And, and again, I, I don't, you know, in other teams, I'm sure it's the same where someone's yeah. like, my kid's there. And I played yeah. back in the 80s or 70s or even, I mean, nowadays, probably 2000s, you know. Yeah. So, um, but that becomes like a, a feeding ground. And I guess from a recruiting standpoint, you oversee everything. Like, what do you think is the b- biggest competitive advantage for an athlete coming to Plattsburgh? Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a number of them, and I think that the biggest thing we've tried to do in the last five, six, seven years, certainly since I've been here and probably was happening before I got here, and we talked a little bit about this as a staff at, at St. Lawrence, too, so I think there's some similarities that we're, both schools are a little bit off, little bit off the beaten track mm-hmm. um, for a lot of folks that we're trying to recruit, whether it be from 
other New England states or whether it be down in New York City, Long Island, other places, they got to go by a number of SUNY schools to get yep. to Plattsburgh. Yep. Um, to get over to Canton and St. Lawrence, they've got to get there. So um, rather than talk about the negative of that and how far away we are from places, because some people talk about that, we focus on the positives, you know, and Plattsburgh, we got a lot of them with like Champlain being the area that we live in. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got Burlington, we've got Montreal, uh, we have the Adirondacks. So if you're an outdoor person, um, we have a lot of athletes that like to hike. They like to climb. They like to getting up to the high peaks is something that they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, but then having the ability to go to a city um, not too far away, like Montreal, is really important. Easy access coming up 87. So there's, you know, just in terms of the general area, it's, it's got a lot of positives going for it. Um, and then playing up our history. Mm-hmm. And, and more recently, we we're, we're finally able to start talking about some of our facilities. You know, the, the ice rink has been nice for quite a while now, certainly since we redid Stafford a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's one of the nicer Division Three ice rinks in the country and remains that way. But a lot of our other athletic facilities have needed work. Mm-hmm. And um, as, as high school sports have grown and evolved, so have high school facilities. As you can see at BHS, Beekmantown, yep. Saranac, yep. a lot of the local schools, that's the way it is across the entire Northeast. So, you know, I, I can remember years, even at St. Lawrence, way back where I'd have kids come up and recruit, and, and mom and dad would say, this is it. This is, you know, our high school track's better than this. Mm-hmm. Now, since since that time, I mean, you know, going back 15, 20 years ago, they renovated their facilities at St. Lawrence, and that boosted recruiting immensely. And I see the same kind of thing happening here at Plattsburgh. I mean, I know you know we're in the middle of the big uh, Memorial Hall renovation. Yeah. And although Memorial is not home to, uh, um, you know, the bulk of our athletic programs, the field house is, mm-hmm. um, it is home to our men's and women's basketball program and our volleyball program and a lot of our recreation programming. But it's going to be a, a I believe it's going to be a huge recruiting boom for us. Like when yeah. I left this morning um, for, to go to a meeting, uh, Kevin Hull was in there with a woman's hockey recruit, her family, and walking through. Uh, because it's a building that once you get inside of it, you feel like you're in the 2020, you're in 2023. Yeah. Um, you're not in 1960, um, I, like a lot of the buildings. Well, I've heard from a lot of people, and um, I mean, so far, I mean, Stafford, I remember um, going as a kid, Stafford Ice Arena, and they had the uh, the old wooden bleachers. They had the center, the, you know, in the center was a scoreboard up, up yeah. top. So you had the four-sided scoreboard. Um, you know, and, and I think, do, are you familiar with the old Stafford? Yep. So, I and I forgot yeah. when they put all the yeah. seats in, but they had, um, they had two like high or whatever, you know, when you go up to the press box, yep. they had two of those on both sides. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, so there was a lot of that, um, it was darker. It was just what I remember from the old days. And now it's very bright. When you walk in there, everything, a lot of white, a lot of red, uh, very comfortable. Yeah. Um, I find that there's plenty of space, uh, you know, whatever you call it, the terrace or the promenade. W- yeah. You walk around, it's very open and spacious. Um, like I said, the scoreboards, the lights. Yeah. I mean, everything there um, is more modern, but I think it's to better use of space. You're yeah. not as crowded. Um, and then when you look at Memorial... I've, I've been to the basketball court. I've been inside the lobby. Yeah. Um, the lobby's incredible. Yeah. And I remember going in, I think it was the Hall of Fame dinner about a year ago. I think it was kind of when the lobby First was. First time we had it. Yep. Yeah. And you walk in, it was night and day. Yeah. And I said, you walk in, you got kind of the big desk there that's open. It's, it's. I mean, 
there's quite a bit of counter space there. Yep. Um, you know, and I think that I, even down to the color scheme, like that dark gray, the black, I think it really makes things pop. It's more modern yep. than, uh, you know, the logo is more modern. Um, and, you know, we've, some people call it like the angry bird versus yep. more of like the aggressive yeah. <laughs> bird than the old Berkey, you yep. know, cartoon Berkey. Yep. But I, I think it's more of a modern twist. Yeah. And, um, and, the, the and, and the rest of the building, I mean, and you, and you got to come over and we'll take you through. Um, the, I just moved my office back in a couple weeks ago to uh, Memorial to Memorial. Our athletic offices are all there now. So all our coaches are back there except for our hockey coaches who are still yep. up at the rink. But the rest of our staff is finally back together again, yep. which is which is fantastic. Um, we've got a lot of brand new group activity spaces. All our new fitness center equipment's coming in in December and January. So when the students come back next semester, that will be done. Yeah. Cool. Um, but it's a it, it, uh, Steve Matthews, who is our dean of students right now, ran the housing office for a number number of years. Um, I was in a meeting with him last week where he said he'd gone through in a tour. Uh, that somebody else in our department gave them and he said it's a showstopper you know and it was yeah. great and it is it, you know it's going to be good i think recruiting for the entire college because i mean you you know how it is when you come out of high school whether you're going to play college sports or not that kind of remains to be seen it's mm -hmm. kind of a small portion of yep. i think statistically there's you know 90 some percent of students play some sport growing up um, but only about 20%, 15, 20% actually play in college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, make it that far. Yep. But so everyone has an idea that when they come to college, they want to stay in shape. Mm -hmm. They want to use the weight room. They want to work out or uh, they want a place to maybe shoot hoops, play yep. intramurals. We have 13 recreation club teams from fishing to marksmanship to you name it. We've got it. Dance, a lot of dance groups. So there's something for everybody in this building, whether you're going to be a collegiate athlete or whether you're going to be a club athlete and intramural student or just recreate and stay in shape. Um, so I do think it's going to pay big dividends for the college as a whole recruiting. But I think athletically, regardless of what team you're recruiting for, all of our coaches plan to use that building as our centerpiece for, for it, recruiting. Well, I mean, also it's, it's in the center of the – like just the college itself the, the footprint of it, it's right there yeah it's close to the acc it's close, i mean you got uh, keo like it's all right there and i think you it's a highly visible building yeah um and not much has changed on the outside but i think even um did they redo the steps at all the entrance we redid the steps okay. and in january we'll have a few more um they're finishing um the entrance way a little bit okay. to add a little bit more pop to it they're yeah gonna put a little bit more some red panels out there yep Plus, we've got some logoing that's going to go up on the top of the building. Yeah. Um, it, I, I was really hoping we could do a little bit more to the outside of the building. We just didn't have the money to make that happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it but, even even now, from what I remember, it looks like the entrance. And that's why I was just kind of verifying yeah. with you, because the entrance looks a little bit more yeah. inviting than it did before. Yeah. Um, and I know once you go in, like we brought the kids the other day yeah. to a basketball game. And, you know, just the the, the logos, the bleachers are now dark yeah. compared to where they, I think they're white and red. The yeah. old ones were. Um, I think there's a little bit more space between them too. They're yep. not as jammed up or not, they don't go as high, but it's, yeah. and actually I was noticing, um, on the basketball court on the far side away from the players that the, the actual floor from when the bleachers end to where the court starts, there's actually a lot of space there. Yep. And before you were a little bit more close to the sidelines and it looks like there's a little bit, a little bit set more back. Yep. Yeah. So, which I think is a nice touch because it. I think for the players, one, there's a lot more space. You're not feeling people are on top of you, yeah. but uh, it just, again, it looks inviting. It looks like yeah. it's a cool setup. Um, I think the, the, didn't they used to have something on the other side too, where they had kind of a, 
wasn't where like the I think maybe it was where the clocks were, or no, the old court. Was there something on the other side? You know when you have you walk in, you have like the scoreboard, yep. you have the score, you know, yeah, the, the scores stuff. table and stuff, possession yep. arrow, all that's yep. on where the players sit. Yep. Oh yes, yeah. There was a, there was something. We on the had other a side, small right? kind of setup over there for radio. Gotcha. Um, okay. That we 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 don't really have any radio broadcast anymore at basketball, yeah. and we we have that little. Um, uh, balcony kind of area that yep, press the box video. area up above where we yep. shoot our our webcast from. Yep. So we've got everything we need up there and get a better vantage point. So we dis we we got rid of that in the next and it gave us more seating space. Yeah. On the it, ground. So it, it looks good though, and I think it's like you brighter. Said, it, it, it definitely yeah. is much more inviting. Um and. I don't and again for all the years I played and I, and I agree if you go to because I've heard it said by some coaches I've heard it said by some former players I've heard it said by people that are visiting that it, it reminds them of a D1 atmosphere yep. in a D3 college yep. and I think when you start getting especially when you look at a lot of these sports there's not a lot of D2 sports overall it's like kind of D1 D3 right. and I know especially for the hockey it's not I mean it's not um, abnormal to have some Division One players come and play Division Absolutely. Three, yeah. and when you can elevate, you know, the locker rooms and it kind of gives them the feel. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I would think most hockey players, when you walk out to Stafford Ice Arena versus you look at some other places and you think these big colleges have these massive stadiums, and they're about the same size yep. or smaller. I was watching uh, the women's hockey team; they played uh, this past weekend, and they're in Middlebury. And I don't know what it looks like, obviously, on the camera side. But the other side, I'm like, it looks very underwhelming. And they might have a nicer section behind them. But I've noticed that in a lot of, like, the men's basketball team played, like, Linden State. And, like, I'm like, this kind of looks like a high school gymnasium. Now, granted, I don't know what's on the backside of what what you don't see on camera. Uh, But I just feel like Plattsburgh just looks very professional and looks like it pops. And I think, again, the players or the athletes – that's got to be a decision. I mean, kind of a big thing. Like it I is. can play in this arena yeah. or I can play like in this like yep. kind yeah. of ratty old dated arena. Yeah, I no, I think it's a major decision thing. And it's, um, as I said earlier, it's even more so now than what it was certainly when I was an athlete because most of the high school tracks weren't, weren't much to write home about mm-hmm. when I was running. So going to a college facility necessarily wasn't key in my mind because – Everything was pretty similar. But now, and, and you hear it quite often, college athletics from D1, although, and it's trickled down to our level, it's an arms race in terms of facilities. Yeah. Um, and they're not cheap. They're very expensive. Uh, you know, the Memorial Hall project was about a $30 million project. Um, wow. And, and that's a lot of money. And, and what you don't see there is, is what costs us the most amount of money with the heating and the HVAC and the electrical and the... The non-sexy the parts of the... All the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. The non-sexy parts. And so, but as I said uh, recently in a meeting I was in, I said, we still have a lot of other projects we got to hit. Yep. Um, I'd love to turf our baseball and softball fields. Um, we it, need to redo our turf field very, very shortly that we play, you know, soccer and lacrosse on. We need to do something with our outdoor track that's falling apart. And that's our biggest program in terms of sheer number of kids yep um so we still have some work to do those are things that are on my my short list so um when was the last time the soccer field or the lacrosse field was resurfaced about seven years ago and right right before i got here so about uh, almost eight years ago how often does that get redone every 10 okay that's the recommended okay every 10 years you should put down you know a new uh, a new turf and uh 
regarding the, the the baseball and softball facilities, I mean, I know where I've, I think you had mentioned or someone had mentioned possibly having newer facilities back kind of by Chip Cummings yep. versus up front. Is yep. that still kind of the plan to try to make that kind of the sports? We've talked about that. I mean, I think when it comes time, when we're able to secure funding to mm-hmm. do them, we'll need to look at both sites to see what makes the most sense. Does yep. it make the most sense financially to, to keep softball where it is, to keep baseball where it is separate? Um, and do a project like that? Or can we save, get more economy of scale and save money by putting them both together? I personally like the idea of having them both uh, both together. And mm-hmm. the only space we really have to do that is up at Chip Cummings. We don't really have space to put a baseball field yeah, down where tight. the other field is. But, but I just think it would be so much uh, a nicer atmosphere to put a little pavilion in there, have bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, similar to what PHS has. Exactly. Yeah. Same kind of concept. Like they, they have a really nice setup mm-hmm. um, with their fields on a busy Saturday afternoon when you go by and they've got just about everything going. The place is really humming. Yeah. And that's what you want to be able to draw people, draw people in. Um, so like this, this picture right here. So we're kind of looking on the website. Yeah. Um, the core is the same, right? The bleachers are different now. The yeah. bleachers are black. Yeah. Um, yeah. The court, the court, it's a brand new court. But same, obviously, same size basketball court. So, yep. but we we tore that building down to the to, you know to the shell. So took all the bleachers out, took the wood floor out, um, redid the asphalt underneath to get everything level and straight, and then you know put in brand new bleachers and, and brand new court. All the lighting, which you can kind of see in this picture. Um, we put all new LED lights in, so it's much brighter. This yeah, lighting is out of there. That was uh, noisier and and not as bright. Yep. So now we're less noise and, and real bright, and we have air conditioning throughout there. We can control the climate in the gym as well. Which I'm sure the kids like that for practice. Hasn't been never been a huge issue for basketball, but for volleyball it was because okay. they come back in August. And sometimes, oh, okay. sometimes it would be sweltering hot, like suffocating. We multiple fans going. So, so yeah. So we'll. It's 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 a much nicer, cleaner atmosphere and, now. And obviously, this is the old weight room, yep. right? Yep. Um. Now the new so, weight room down, because <clears throat> that's what the basement of Memorial. Yep. Is that the same? Roughly the same floor uh, uh, footprint. It's 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 almost twice the size. Oh, it is. Um, okay. So when you go in there, you'll be blown away by how big it is. Um, right now it looks even bigger because we don't have any equipment in there yet. So, but well, once the equipment and Mike, before goes, this but, swings around on the left, there those like garage door looking that yeah. goes, that looks out at the tennis courts, yep. right? Okay. And you'll still, you'll still look outside. So if you're on a treadmill or on an elliptical or a bike, you'll be able to look outside. Um, we were able to secure funding from uh, the state to purchase all new equipment. Okay. So the other thing is we'll have all brand new weight equipment that's, um, logoed with our logo. Oh, and, nice. And, um, nice. It's, it, it's going to be pretty fancy and it's going to be something, there'll be something in there for everybody. Cause as you know, you know, working out, some people like to lift, some people like to, you know, do more cardio. Um, there'll be something for everybody. Is it, um, the athletes separate from the general, uh, school campus or is there two different facilities there now? Is. is all one? There is two different. Separate? So the, uh, the, the weight room itself that's open to the entire campus is about almost twice the size of the previous one, as I mentioned. In addition to that, and this is where we recaptured a lot of space by, um, we took out the old racquetball courts cause they okay. were no longer getting much use. Yep. And then we, we, we recovered all the space that was on the lower level of the pool. 
by taking the pool out. Yep. Um, so oh, was that two levels? Yes, because it that was makes really sense. two yep. levels. So, yep. okay. so the athlete strength and conditioning room is underneath what used to be the pool, underneath you know yep. the rec gym now. Yep. Um, and that's that'll be a, a smaller space, but it's athletes only. Uh, we were the only school left in the SUNYAC that didn't have a separate athlete-only strength and conditioning room. Again, another thing we were talking recruiting about earlier, yeah. kids look at when they're recruiting. Yep. And that'll give us a chance to, uh, you may know Brett Wilmot. Yeah. You know Brett. Actually, Brett's been on this, too. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. so we brought Brett in. Yeah, Brett's great. Um, he helps our track program, but he's also our head strength and conditioning coach. Yep. So he'll be working with a few interns, and then we have a couple of coaches now who are actually getting certified as well to be strength and conditioning coaches. Yeah. So we'll be able to actually take them into a space and train a whole team at one time, which is something we haven't had the ability to do. Yeah. Well, logistically too, yeah. it makes it easy. Um, and then do you sell the rock wall? We still, we have a brand new climbing wall, okay. um, which is higher than the previous one. You can do bouldering on it as well as rock climbing. Is, it's uh, it's pretty fancy as well. Is that, is there a club for climbing? There's a or is it expeditionary, expeditionary studies? We still work closely with uh, Casey Henley and expeditionary studies, mm-hmm. and they do some training to teach folks how to use the wall. Yep. So they do some of their own training for their group that does a lot of outdoor climbing. Okay. But then they open it up to the general students who want to learn how to climb as well. Um, we're hoping actually that that program might take off a little bit even more now with a new wall yeah um looking at this one boy i haven't seen a picture like this i was gonna say yeah you you have better context the new one is it really pops it's much more colorful more cardinal you know red black a little bit of uh yellow um it it looks pretty fancy you guys have a sand pit back there for beach volleyball we do i didn't i don't think i knew that yeah where's that right behind memorial right behind memorial yep so where's the yeah. t- tennis courts or what, further down? Tennis courts are off to the left, kind of behind that storage building. Yep. Because um, those look nice, too. And those, so. and we've we've done some branding there. Um, we just, In fact, we were just talking this morning at another meeting I was in. Um, we're, having a, we're having a heck of a time with our windscreen that you're kind of going by right now. Oh, in the field house? Up at the turf field. Yep. Uh, we, we shifted to a new windscreen three or four years ago because our previous one had the old logo on it, but it was also very faded because it was red and then it started to turn pink and got faded. So we invested in a new windscreen. This one doesn't handle the wind as well and we're, and it's falling down. It's, it's got some rips in it. So we're working with the vendor right now um, to potentially uh, put a new windscreen up, which would be nice. Yeah. And it looks like actually looking at this picture now, it's pretty old. Um, that's, when, new... that's when they were putting the new press box in up there, which has been a nice addition on yeah. that field as well. And it looks good too when you're it there. Looks, yeah. Looks um, good. And I think, like I said, the windscreen looks nice. Just it, 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 it closes it in more. Yeah. I remember that being a little bit more open back in the day, but our um, goal is really to, uh, if you haven't caught on by now, if you come to campus, we want people to feel the Cardinal brand yeah. throughout everything. Um, so that when you're, Anywhere in the state of New York or across the country, and you see our logo somewhere, you know, oh, that's Plattsburgh, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to market the heck out of that. We have, uh, we're working with a company right now to do some uh, new lighting out in front of Stafford because we want to do a little bit to the entranceway there as well. Um, so in the front of the building, we're going to have a lighted sign that says Cardinal Country with our, oh, cool. our logo that we hope will pop. 
a little bit more the, so when you're driving by at night it catches your eyes well so the one thing i was gonna add, like and one of the things i love about um plastic state is all the standing seating yeah or standing not seating, yeah. but standing uh locations yeah. um because those are some of my favorite spots when you just want to stand and like have, put a Absolutely. drink there and just relax yeah. but um the question i had for you so when you walk into the lobby of stafford ice arena above the doors still has the old logo is that yep. by design, or is that going to be changed out? No, that that was – if you look to the left to the right, I can't remember even myself. I have to look at it after this. We have our new logo up there. Yeah. Um, it was an intentional uh, design to basically – it was there before I got here. Yeah. But it was also intentionally left there to kind of honor the, the past. Yeah. Um, and look to the future as well. It was kind of a meshing of the two. Okay. Um, maybe more so hockey than any other sport. Uh, there's a real affinity to that old Berge logo. Um, and, yeah. and so it was a battle that I had to fight a lot of battles when I first got here and that was one of them. Um, but one, I wasn't willing to necessarily go to the mat for to say, yeah. Hey, we got to change this out. I think there's an appropriate use of, we have a number of older marks. Um, I've looked at, I was just having this conversation with uh, Ricky St. Clair the other night. Was at the hockey game. I was sitting okay. next to him. Sports the writer, press right? Spot. He's a sports writer yeah. for. Yep. He's writing for a Sun Community mm -hmm. Times paper now, and does a great job with his local sports, both high school and college. And he was talking about. We were talking about football. So I said, okay. "Yeah." I said, "I I didn't realize I'm a huge football fan, but I didn't realize that Plattsburgh had football until I was interviewing for this job." And I was doing a little bit of my own research, and I realized, oh, yeah, they had football. So I, went, I Googled it. I was online. saw some pictures of the old helmets. I think they, they disbanded football in the late 70s. Okay. Um, and so well before, you know, my arrival, obviously. But um, my point is that there was a logo back. It, there's been many different Cardinal Head logos. Um, but the previous kind of – I was going to say the center. As you mentioned, cartoonish-type Bergie. Yep. That resonates still with a lot of people. So it's we don't want to completely, as a couple of our coaches will use it on retro jerseys mm -hmm. for a certain game yeah. uh, to play every year. Alumni will use it because they have an affinity to that. But then over time, obviously phasing it out and getting more towards our current our Cardinal Head logo. So when we change out the turf field, um, New we, we will change the logo. Yep. We looked into doing that a couple of years ago. It was going to be about $25,000 just to change the logo out in the center of the field. And yeah, better off like, waiting. Well, we'll just wait until we, we redo well, it. Well, the windscreen has the new the logo. The windscreen has the new logo. And uh, well, it was funny. The reason I say the logo when you walk into the hockey, because when I was a kid, I remember the Bergie with the rounded kind yeah. of hook stick. And yeah. uh, so the guy I was actually talking to about it, he's a good friend of ours, but he played uh, for Plattsburgh about 20 years ago. And I was asking him, like, yeah, the new Bergie. And he was kind of like, yeah. Same thing you said, like just is an iconic like logo. Like it that's is. just especially yeah. when you go like that's when they won yeah. the national championships. They had like the little yeah. hook stick and uh, uh, and again I have nothing no, nothing against it. It's just always like a funny thing when I was a kid, like seeing that. Yeah. Um, I, so a, a couple a couple questions, and I maybe you can uh, answer this. So when I was a kid watching, you know, um, Plastic State, and then now I'm kind of coming back full circle. The kids are getting older. We try to bring them to games. And, yeah. Um, obviously my, my wife was an alumni or played at, uh, sports at Plattsburgh, uh, or played soccer at Plattsburgh. Um, and I always say I'm like kind of enjoying Plattsburgh now more than was when I was actually a student. Yeah. Cause I was like in campus. I was like the flash. I was like yeah. in and out. You didn't understand me. Yeah. Um, but when did they stop playing 
the final countdown before the third period of hockey. Because it came on the other day, we heard on the radio, I'm like, yeah. every time I hear this song, I'm like, Plastic say hockey, yeah. third period. Like, before yeah. you come out, the lights come on, they come into the third period. And that was always like, the crowd was into it. Did they yeah. They have to take that out? Or was that just something kind of fizzed out over it time? It was something that, my understanding is something that fizzled out over time. Okay. I know that Ricky actually said something about that as well the other yeah. night. Um, and they're bringing some stuff back. Okay. I think Steve, you know, Steve Moffat, Moffat has tried to, Tried to to maintain some history as much. Yeah, because he would have been right in that and time at frame. At the same time, yep. bring some new ideas and new twists. Yep. Almost all of our teams, not just hockey, but almost all of our teams have a goal song. So okay. usually it's selected by the the captains or leadership group of that team. Okay. And I've noticed in the eight years I've been here, some of them have kept with that same goal song every year mm-hmm. at a tradition. Some change it out every year. Yeah. So my guess is because that changed out before I got here, right when I got here, that it w- it was nothing intentional. From, yeah, it just fizzed out. It just fizzed out. It just um, like for us is always a nostalgic a thing. It's like oh yeah. man, like I just remember the lights would go and you had yeah. the final countdown. Um, now the jumping in because now we're at the field house and so you go down into like where the indoor track is and the basketball yeah. like that's been redone. Um, how I have not been into th- this. I've seen photos. I have not been in there. What changes were done to that area? So if people listening, it's you know typically where they had sectional basketball games. You would have um, the graduations in there. Um, so what what yeah. changes have been made to this facility? Yeah, you got to go in and check it out because very similar to Memorial. Okay. Brighter, more colorful. The wooden bleachers are gone. Okay. It's, it's bleachers very similar to what we have down at the gym now. Okay. Um, black and red. Um, there's some grays in there. Uh, the track itself is gray um, and red. Yep. Um, the the so brand new indoor track. Um, we still uh, most people, if you don't understand track and field, uh, indoor tracks now are 200 meters for the most part. Okay. So if you're going to host a, a state qualifying meet or a Sunyak meet or a national meet, mm-hmm. you've got to have a 200 meter track. Our track is not 200 meters. It's 160 meters. Okay. The only way to get 200 meters would have been to expand the track, knock down walls and do that. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. We couldn't do that. But you can still host a meet, a regular season meet on a 160 track. So last year we hosted our first indoor meet in over 20 years. Um, During uh, the month of February, we're doing it again this year. This was at the collegiate level? At Middlebury and uh, St. Lawrence came over. So high school can do it because... Most high schools don't have indoor tracks, so yep. they'll take whatever distance they can get, mm-hmm. and 160 works well for them. So um, we still host track meets almost every weekend for high school during the indoor season. We hosted a collegiate meet last year. So, yeah, that the track is brand new. The bleachers are brand new. All new lighting again in there. Created some uh, new uh, ventilation and heating in there, and then uh, took out the infield, and that is all very similar surface to the track. It's not necessarily the smooth rubber, but it's a rubber. It's different than the track, but similar in the sense that we can still do our field events on there, like high jump, um, okay. pole vault, things like that. But there's no court. Um, there's no basketball we, court. We do have a basketball court there, and we do have three tennis courts. So like the oh, other okay. night, I was going into the hockey game. I came in the back door, and there was one of our tennis players. Her dad was in town, and they were playing tennis. Which is great because they never had a place to play indoor tennis before. Yeah, that's cool. Um, The dilemma we're trying to work out right now is we we built it with the thought that 
we wanted to bring back Section 7 and get some of the big basketball games going in there mm -hmm. again. Uh, but um, they're not super excited about the, uh, the rubber floor yeah. versus the gym floor. They prefer, and I, I get it. So they, they, you know, they've been doing some of their stuff at Clinton the last couple of years. Um, I think we'll get one or two games back. I think they just need to play on it. It's, you know, the, the folks that we purchased the floor from sell a lot of these and say basketball likes playing on it. We just haven't been able to get, get a game in there yet. Yeah. Uh, to get folks to take a look at. It. Um, could, can basketball or like can sectionals and stuff be held in Memorial or is it just logistically tough it, with, it can still, it can be held Memorial. My understanding is logistically it's just sheer, probably fans. sheer attendance. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, my understanding is when they used to do it Memorial years ago, they would sell out. So they had people standing out in the lobby trying to watch the games. Yeah. You know, we can only hold, you know, a little short of a thousand people in there. Mm -hmm. And for some of the basketball games, they get more than that. Uh, so the yeah. field house was an ideal spot because we can put 2000 people in there yep. to watch a basketball game. So I know a few years ago, maybe my second year here, uh, Joe Gerard who played, for Syracuse oh, yeah. basketball, yeah. Yep. he was out of like South Glens Falls, and he he came up here and played in a playoff game, and the place was they had we had to bring in our extra sets of bleachers that night because everyone came from all over to watch this kid play who was going to go to Syracuse. So, um, so I hope that we can get some some high school games back here. We need to. Uh, uh, I haven't spoken with Matt Wallenchuk yeah, directly. Yep. I need to yep. talk with him and see what we can do. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, do you guys work pretty closely with Section 7? We do. We try to. We do. We try to. You know, they do a lot of their hockey at Stafford, yep. their yep. playoffs. We do cross-country. You know, they hosted the state cross-country championships here a couple years ago oh, on, camp, okay. on our campus. As much as we can do with them, we like because, as we talked about earlier, I mean, it brings high school students to our, to our venues. Um, and when you're competing there, you say, oh, this might be a place I want to go to college. And certainly if they're hosting sectional play where you're bringing in the next round, where you're bringing in folks from Albany or other sections across the, straight, the state, we're even more excited about it because now you're getting high school students up to see campus. It's like a free exposure. That Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, it, and Mike, what is uh, – so I guess a couple things. Like how do you – you do a lot. You oversee a lot. What's your day-to-day -day, – um, I'll kind of let you expand on this. What's your day-to-day -day like or maybe in-season, out-of-season? I'm, I'm When I say in-season, you know, like the two semesters primarily. Um, how do those change? What's your, uh, like, team of people like? Who works with you? Um, you know, I'm aware of a few people, but obviously yeah. I know that most people probably aren't. Um, so, yeah, kind of speak to, like, what's your – the actual job of an athletic director yeah. at a college, you know, what it entails, what you focus on, how you structure sure. everything. Yeah, I give you today's a great day to give you a taste of it because, as I mentioned when I was walking in here with you, Tuesday is kind of my meeting day. But every Tuesday is we've kind of planned it out that way that mm -hmm. um, we meet as an administrative staff in the morning. So on on our administrative staff, in addition to myself. Cheryl Cole, who is our longtime women's basketball coach, very successful. Yep. She's our associate director of athletics. Uh, Brian Savard. Brian was, up until this year, our director of athletic communications yep. and assistant AD. 
We shifted him this year to full-time assistant AD duties, still overseas communication, but we're trying to do more with sponsorship and with marketing yep. and branding. So Brian's kind of taking the Brian lead. Brian hit me up the other day. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yep. Yeah, he's doing his job. Then. That's yeah, good. That's good. good to hear. I was going to say, he's, he's, he reached out. You know, he's trying to, what we found happened is, uh, you probably know Chris Dory. Well, Chris. Or, I knew or all no, Chris. Him. I didn't know him personally, but yeah. Chris coached baseball with us yep. for a long time. Um, and was a really great baseball coach, but um, he was even better, um, if I could say it, you know, as a sponsorship guy. He really got into that, and that's what he's doing now down at Florida Southern College is he's okay. working with athletic development. But for Plattsburgh, one of our big things is sponsorship revenue helps us uh, up upkeep a lot of these facilities when we don't get state dollars to do it we are able to use some of our sponsorship dollars mm -hmm. to be able to to boost up some of the amenities for our athletes as well as for our facilities and uh, keep things top notch so um, we we really rely heavily on that so brian we needed somebody when chris left to kind of oversee that um, it went for a year or two where i was trying to fit that into my everyday routine and we just weren't getting, we were losing some sponsors, not because they didn't want to be involved, but because we just weren't, just we didn't outreach. have the outreach. Yep. Yep. So Brian does that. And then Melissa Lemire, um, who's another uh, local um, uh, individual, Melissa's been at Plattsburgh for a long time, um, I believe grew up in Shazy herself and then went to Brockport. I, yeah, I feel like I know of her more. Did some yeah. work at Cortland, but Melissa is our director of campus recreation, okay. but also an assistant AD. So the four of us meet every Tuesday to go over the schedule of events for the week, talk about issues involving athletics, mm -hmm. to sponsorship, to recreation, uh, both sides. And then, and then today, because we have a big hockey weekend coming with um, women's games against Cortland, mm -hmm. uh, who is one of the better SUNYAC teams yep. right now and yep. ranked team nationally. Uh, men's games Friday night against Cortland, who's also playing real well right now. I think they're six and one. And then our, our rivalry game with Oswego on Saturday That's night. That's this coming weekend. Yes, this weekend. Are they both home? So both home. So okay, it, it's that's it, good because we'll probably go. Yeah, yeah, so it's big weekend. Yeah. Um, and uh, and with our men's team being number one in the country right now, our women's team ranked third or fourth in the country, depending on whose poll you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, it's drawing a lot of attention. So. We had a separate meeting after our administrative meeting with our sports information team and our field house team to talk about some things where, you know, this weekend we do a, uh, we do a, a joint event with Casella um, okay. with our teddy bear toss. Yep. So on Friday night, we have our teddy bear toss. Casella has been a great partner of ours. Um, they're again, once again, this year doing free admission to all the basketball mm -hmm. games. Um, and, and they do a lot of stuff at the field house as well. And then Saturday night, um, you may have been, you know, if you followed Cardinal hockey as a kid, uh, in the old days, we used to throw the tennis balls, tennis balls out yeah. and then Oswego would reciprocate, reciprocate with throwing bagels out. When, when we went to Oswego, we can't do tennis balls anymore because the NCAA and the rules people said that's just dangerous. And yep. people, people were throwing tennis balls out during the third period long after oh, yeah. the ball oh, should yeah. have been thrown out. <clears throat> so I, you know, kind of acquiesced after listening to a lot of fans talk for a couple of years. Hey, can we bring these things back? Moff and I got together and we throw, we call it stress ball night, but we throw out rubber uh, stress balls. Yep. And we've had great cooperation. We've done it three years in a row now. We have 850 to 1,000 of these balls. We 
Um, we give out as folks come in mm-hmm. um, and then throw those out. We've taken donations the last couple of years and taken that money and given it to the campus uh, food pantry yep. um, on Very campus. Cool. So, so, so that's kind of a, you know, my normal day starts out in mornings, typically meeting. Mm-hmm. And then um, every AD is a little bit different in the terms of their style. I don't like sitting behind a desk and being in my office all day. Yep. Um, I love the fact I mentioned this earlier that our coaches are back together. So in, in Memorial, so I can kind of bop around a little bit, make the rounds, office, make the rounds, check in with people. How's it going? I'm seeing a lot more student athletes right now. Mm -hmm. Um, folks asked me when I first left St. Lawrence, what do you miss most about coaching? And I said, you know, I honestly don't, what I don't miss is packing up my bag every weekend to get on a bus and travel and go places. Yep. What I miss is the one-on-one interaction I have with students. Yep. And I have found ways, it took me a year or two to get my feet under me as an AD to make sure that I try to get to know as many athletes on as many teams as possible. Mm-hmm. And part of that makes it easier, at least, is if if I'm in a place where they're coming. So now they're coming in to see their coaches a lot of times for meetings, team meetings, individual meetings, one-on-one, some academic work. And oftentimes they got to pass by my office. So I'm able to stop and chat, see how things are going. Um, and then the other thing with me is I go to every game I possibly can go to. So yeah. I'm at any home game, certainly, unless I'm real sick uh, or away on an emergency or business, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I try to go, like I was at Middlebury for the championship on uh, Sunday. Okay, yeah. You know, anything that's local that I can get to, I will go to. Men's basketball played over at UVM a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yep. That, you know, on, on ESPN+. Plus. That was kind of a special night for I actually them. watched that in Tennessee. So, on, yeah. yeah. So I, I went over to that game. Um, so I, I go to as much as I can because, as we talked about, you know, uh, a while ago, I love, I just love watching, you mm-hmm. know, and, and love watching the game. So, um, so that's kind of a typical go around. We're one thing we're trying to do, uh, deliberately trying to do, and this gets a little bit better every year is successful athlete athletic departments have a lot of people behind the scenes doing a lot of, a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first got here, there was a fairly small group of us doing the yeoman's work for the entire department. And we, you know, there's good and bad to that. You know, as a coach, I guess you can say, well, I got more time to coach my team. I don't have to do this, this, and this. But um, we're not getting, you know, great ideas are limited to those three or four people. I'm trying to involve as many of our staff in as much, many things as I can. So, because they have a lot of great ideas and, and ways of doing things. So, and we have coaches that want to develop skills outside of coaching their team as well. So, and I had that opportunity as a coach to be able to do different things. So giving our coaches those opportunities to do that as well is good. So, you know, Moff will help us a lot with sponsorship. Kevin Hull helps a lot with sponsorship because they have a lot of connections mm-hmm. uh, in, in the town. Um, a lot of our coaches are involved in game management. So you'll see them at other teams' games helping behind the scenes, trying to make sure that they give them a good experience. So then in turn, another coach helps them mm-hmm. give them a great experience. Um, we have a student athlete advisory council, um, which is athletes from every team that kind of serve as a leadership group. We have a couple oh, of co- cool. okay. we have a couple almost of like a, a players union yep. kind of thing. We yeah. have a couple of coaches who coordinate that. So 
I, you know, as I mentioned, four or five people that are on our administrative staff, mm-hmm. but it's really collectively the entire staff that kind of works to, to make the department, you know, move forward. Do you think the, because uh, <clears throat> I go to, like, you go to games, you see a lot of players going to other games. Like, you'll see the soccer go yeah. to hockey, you'll see hockey go to basketball, like, or maybe not basketball, because they're probably playing at the same time. But, you you know, there's a lot of crossover with attendance. Um, is that something that has always happened um, or do you think that that's becoming stronger or do you think that that's now um, that there's a lot of overlap where like women's soccer knows lacrosse and they know women's basketball, they know men's hockey. Yeah. Like, is there a lot where it's not like individual sports, like you said, more of a community feel of like, almost like we're in high school. Like, yeah. I have classes with these kids. I want to go watch them play sports. I think it's a little bit all of the above. I mean, yeah. I think that obviously it's great if it's organic, you mm-hmm. know, if it just happens that, uh, I'm gonna I'm going to that game tonight because I know some of the guys on the team or I know some of the women on the team and mm-hmm. I'm gonna go support them. Um, but we also do do some deliberate programming around that leadership group that I was mentioning. Um, they will pick some games where they're gonna say deliberately these are big games. We really want cards supporting cards tonight. Yeah. So get there to the game and support them. Um, what I am seeing um, more the last two years specifically is some more of the organic, hey, we want to be part of it. Yeah. You know, we want to be part of part of it. And, you know, I, we talk about this quite a bit that um, there's good and bad to this, but success, you know, breeds success, but yeah. success breeds followers. And, you know, the, the better teams are playing. Was it uh, Al um, Davis, just win, is, baby? Like, yeah, just, you know, if yeah. you're winning, all things are good. Yeah. Um, yep. And, and when you're not winning, you know, sometimes there's challenges and attendance is one of them. Yep. Um, I think the last couple of weeks with hockey, and I'm excited to see what this weekend brings, but we, we only had last weekend, I think for the Norwich game, which was the championship of the, of the tournament, the Larry eight tournament. Yep. Um, we only had, I think 32 or 33 available reserve seats pregame left. Um, yep. We were almost sold out. So my guess is we probably were sold out by the end of the night. So Yeah, there's a lot of people um, there. So, yeah, and, and that's another one. That's talking about that. Our tennis coach, Kelsey Henn, who, who does a great job, she played tennis here and stayed on to be our tennis coach. Um, she's also our ticket manager down at, uh, down at the rink. So she was in our meeting today. So without her, we couldn't do as good a job or as an efficient a job running the ticket operation. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's another example of where our staff really goes kind of the extra mile to help each other out and make things, make the department click. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, and I, th- I think it's, there's a lot of good competitive sporting events like at Plattsburgh. And I think, you know, when some kids I'm going from experience here, when I was a little kid, loved sports. I got kind of into high school, college. I got out of Plattsburgh state sports, not that I didn't dislike it, just say I didn't have as much interest as I did as a kid. And now when it comes full circle and you start watching and like, there's some actually really, really yeah. good athletes just down the road that yeah. you know, I mean, like, again, if you don't give the time of day to, you will never see, but like you go to some of these basketball and, and hockey and soccer, like there's some talented athletes yeah. and talented people. And, you know, we've gotten to know some of the kids here and there. Um, and there's, you know, some nice kids and like, again, it's like they're at their school, they're away from home, yeah. but they're, they love the sport. They love playing. They, you yeah. know, they want to get better at it. And it's, it's cool to see, um, especially when they're yeah. hometown. Cause I'm like, yeah. I, I love the area. I love Plattsburgh. Absolutely. And you know, when you start seeing these kids coming from out of the area, oh, and even the ones that stay and 
you know, there's a couple that are like yep. grad assistants or maybe graduated and want to still be involved in the sports like you did at yep. St. Lawrence. Absolutely. Um, do you, now regarding your position, do you ever do any type of, uh, or do you get mentorship from, cause again, you were a coach at one point yep. and you were an athlete at one point. Yep. Do you have that connection with kids or coaches? Do they ask I, you questions? I certainly offer that up a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say, I think I've had opportunities to do that with every one of our coaches to, uh, some to a lesser extent, some to a greater extent. Yep. Um, one of the things when I first got here, and it's not dissimilar to what I went through at St. Lawrence. Um, when I first started at St. Lawrence, it was a, a veteran coaching staff. And as a 24-year-old, I was a new kid on the block. Mm-hmm. Um, and I relied a lot on some of those, you know, the, the, the older coaches to kind of help. The more seasoned coaches, let's put it that yep. way, not older. Wiser. Um, yeah. <laughs> wiser. Um, to help me grow as a coach and, and kind of mentor me and get me through. Um, and, and then, you know, full circle, things went around. And, and by the time I finished, you know, I was one of the, the old guns on the block and, and there was a lot of younger coaches. Mm-hmm. When I first got here at Plattsburgh, we had maybe a, a lesser of a mix, but we had some veteran coaches that have mm-hmm. been here for a long time. Um, and some of them have retired. Um, well, you know, in the case of Chris Waterbury, Tom Curl, Bob Emery, three legendary coaches, mm-hmm. you know, who, who all retired and yeah. moved on to, to other things. Um, and very successful. Chris Dory then leaves to go to Florida Southern. So um, Karen Waterbury, who ran our rec programs and coached tennis for a long time, very successful. She retired. So, mm-hmm. so we brought in a lot of young coaches and there's pluses and minuses to that. There's certainly new energy, new ideas, yep. um, creativity, um, some of them, if not all of them, had successful, you know, collegiate careers as athletes. Um, and I am, I am ecstatic of the staff that we have, but they're young and they're, they're starting out. So mm-hmm. they need some mentoring. They need some guidance. Some of that they get from me. Some of that they get from the veteran coaches that are still here. Yep. Um, you know, like Kevin, like Moff, mm-hmm. um, like some others that – uh, have been coaching for a while, Cheryl yep. certainly, uh, yep. who've been in the department. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, and then some of it, you know, as I mentioned to you earlier, myself as a coach, I struggled with recruiting the first four or five years, and and I got some good mentorship, but I think some of that is I had to learn on my own, and I had to stumble a little bit before yep. I kind of hit my stride. So it's been nice having now in my eighth year here, we turned over a lot of our staff. Um, you know, there's only one or two coaches on our staff that I didn't hire, um, okay. since I've been here. So yep. that tells you how young our staff is yeah. in terms of, of coaching years. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, just in that last four or five years, I've seen tremendous growth in all of them. Um, thinking back to like, uh, Kelsey Hillis, who coaches our volleyball program, um, our volleyball program, we didn't win a match in the SUNYAC, um, last year. This year, we made the playoffs. Um, first year, first time, I think, since 2013 or 14, we were in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it took her a while to figure out where do I got to go to get kids? What's the best place to go? Mike Blaine and I have had this conversation a lot about yep. basketball. Yep. There's a lot of high school basketball players out there. But, you know, getting your feet and, – and Mike's a seasoned coach who's been at the Division One, Two, and Three level coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and X's and O's – you know, the guy knows it. 
Um, but in terms of figuring out the right kid that's going to like Plattsburgh, yeah, want to come here and, and then want to stay here and fit in and not yep. you know be able to succeed academically and socially, it takes time to to figure figure to figure those things out. So um, I feel like a lot of our programs are we're we've hit stride and we're and we're moving fast forward. With some, we're right on that edge of of where we need to be, um, with 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 understanding recruiting and what it's going to take. So I'm really excited about you know how far we've come, but I'm even more excited about the next few years because I feel like some of the success that we're seeing with a few of our teams right now is only going to be you know expanded upon every team that we've got. Um, I think there's a level. I mean, this is just human nature, but you put athletes. And I'm gonna like elevate this. Like most people, I'm gonna say most people. There's a lot of people that want to improve and do better. Athletes are some of the most competitive people in the face of the earth. So if you put a bunch of athletes together, yeah. there's a level of they're good, they're good, we're not. And that, you know, I, I I doubt any athlete that plays athletics is complacent with being okay. They always want to get better. And I think when you see the men's and women's hockey team basically at the peak of uh, in the nation and then you start looking at again it could just be maybe a baseball team makes the playoffs and the softball team doesn't and now the softball's like ah because we yeah. and it's not because yeah. they dislike them but we know those guys and like why can't we be that yeah. good and i think like you said was it uh like iron sharp was it iron sharpens iron is that the yeah. phrase that i if you see success and it's like well everybody's giving attention to the hockey well hockey's good basketball yeah. again I, i'm going with the idea basketball back in 06, 07, 08, yep. when they won three straight SUNYACs, yep. undefeated in the SUNYAC play. Um, I would, you would be hard pressed not to put that basketball team at or above where the heart, uh, the, the hockey team was in those programs. Absolutely. And the woman won yep. the national championship back then. So like Plasterick had some stellar teams, yep. but basketball back then, I remember going to those playoff games, like they sold out. It was standing yep. room only. Like you, yep. it, that was like one of the hottest tickets in town on yeah. the season or on the season, like in the year for sports, but it was because they were good and they won. And I think that any team, uh, the, the local crowd and I mean, and it branches out is going to support teams that are doing well because yeah. people want to see good. They yeah. want to see good players. They want to see good talent. They want to see competitive uh, sports. Um, but I think it does light a fire under, you know, an adjacent sports team. Mm-hmm. Like again, I mean, you, you see no doubt. it, it's, yeah. You know, and I think, uh, and I think that you know, in in my case, and this is something that I can be um, lauded for or criticized for, but I'm pretty, and I tell our staff this: we we have a, a retreat every summer out of Valcor, mm-hmm. um, where we have our first department meeting, and at at the tail end of that retreat, after we've spent most of the day talking about a lot of uh, business things that we just got to get, take organizational stuff that we need yep. to get done for the year. We talk, you know, for about a half hour to an hour on goal setting and what every team has their, their team goals. But as a department, what are, what are, what are my expectations as at this particular juncture, the leader of the department as the athletic director yep. um, and where do we collectively as a department want to go? And, and I've been very deliberate about, you know, some some athletic directors will shy away from that to some extent, especially at the D- Division three level, um, where um, our, certainly, clearly, our focus, number one, is getting students here who can be successful student-athletes and walk across that stage four years, five years, or six years down the road, however long it takes them mm-hmm. to complete their degree. 
we're very proud of that first and foremost, getting students to succeed academically. But right there on the on the cusp of it, right with it, is being successfully athletically. And um, we don't want to lose. I'm a competitor too. So mm -hmm. our, our goal every year is to have our teams in the SUNYAC playoffs. That's goal number one, every team across the board. Get in the playoffs. When we get in the playoffs, if we're in them every year, um, then good things are going to happen. Um, and, and, and you're going to have a chance over time, if you're there, there enough, that you're going to get a chance to get into the final um, and have a chance to win some SUNYAC championships. So um, some teams have done better than others. Some teams have had you know, historical success that other teams are trying to kind of catch up to. But our goal as a department is to have every one of our teams in that, in that championship. And the SUNYAC keeps uh, what we call a commissioner's cup that we present at the end of the year in May at our uh, SUNYAC athletic director uh, retreat meeting. And this and is all the SUNYAC all heads school. of the department? Yep. Yeah. So you get a certain number of points based on how all your teams collectively play oh, throughout okay. the course I like of the year. That. So like I just found out yesterday, I think after the fall, we're going to be pretty close to – I think we're six, but right on the cusp of fifth out of 10 teams in the conference, okay. with Cortland being number one. You know, Cortland, Geneseo, and Brockport are the three schools that are notoriously tough to catch. They have the, the nicest facilities across the conference, um, and they have, just because of different majors and where they're located, say Cortland's a big they have a lot more students yeah. than we have. Um, so they're tough schools to catch. But, you know, after that, in terms of, you know, the Oneonas, um, and the New Pulses and the Oswegos of the world, we want to be ahead of those schools. Mm -hmm. um, so we're working towards that as collectively. And I, you know, that, that's not something that I understand was talked about much before I got here. And I didn't talk about it much for the first year or two I was here. I was trying to feel things out, see yeah. what we've got. But, um, and I don't, you know, it's not pressure, but, but at the same time, it is pressure. I mean, it's, we want to win. We want to be successful. And the more successful we are, that's going to translate into more recruits for everybody, mm -hmm. um, more fans, more spectators. Good things are going to happen. So, so we don't shy away from it. We, you know, we talk about that. That's what we want to do. I like that. There's a there's a something the like a metric for the entire school that you can like. Yeah. It's it's um, it's quantitative. Like you can sit there and put it up against other ones. I, I didn't know that was a thing. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and so when you look at like you say goal setting, like what's a goal, what's something for 2020 or yeah, 23 that were some major goals that you, like, I guess let's start back so for goals. How many goals do you set in a year? Um, and kind of give us a feel for what those goals are. Either it could be specific, could be just kind of like, this is a theme we look at. Um, and then talk about 2023, like what, what major goals this year were you like, yep, we put a big check mark on that. Yeah. And then going into 2024 or even beyond, you know, what type of goals are you working towards or, or even like, like this is a massive goal that might take me the rest yeah. of my career to hit, but yeah. I want like hell or high water. I want to make sure this is something that I can say that I was there when this yep. was accomplished. Yeah. No, I mean, we, you know, prior to my arrival and we've tweaked these things along the way, but for the most part, they've stayed consistent goals um, throughout the last eight years um, is, you know, we have kind of this mantra that Cardinals are 
Number one, competitive excellence. Mm-hmm. So as I just spoke about, we want to be SUNYAC playoff teams. So competitive excellence is going to range from program to program in terms of what that what that means, certainly for a sport like track and field. We're trying to place well at SUNYAC's, place in the top five or six, mm-hmm. but we're also trying to send some individual kids to the national level. Um, our team sports, you know, Kevin Hull, you know, he says it publicly. Our goal every year is to get into the national championship, mm-hmm. you know, get into the final four. And and very much like I said about the SUNYAC playoffs, if you're in the final four, you're going to get a chance to win mm-hmm. every now and then. Yep. Um, so there is some difference, uh, variability from program to program, but as collectively, we want to be competitively excellent. Um, we want to academically be excellent. Um, so every year I've been here, and probably for many years prior to me, although I don't have the data to go back that far, mm-hmm. I only have the data when I'm here, our student-athletes outperform our non-student-athletes at Plattsburgh. So higher GPA yep. than the non-student-athletes and higher retention rates. So we're... We're having more academic success, and we're retaining student-athletes at a greater level than the general student population. That says really good things about our coaching staff and the job they do, kind of mentoring and supporting. Um, and then we're, we're, very, uh, we're very fortunate here at Plattsburgh. It's something we didn't have at St. Lawrence, but we have an academic support team. Uh, Tom Thompson is our academic coordinator who works over in uh, Michelle Carpentier, oh, yeah. who ran yep. the student success department for a number of years. Uh, so Tom uh, works tirelessly to to advise our student athletes and to uh, jump in when there's red flags early to kind of mm-hmm. help support them or make sure that gets them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mila Sue, we have a faculty athletic rep. Mila Sue is one of our associate librarians. So she's part of that team as well, that student success team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, competitive excellence, academic excellence are always top two goals. And then uh, community engagement is every year trying to make sure that all of our teams have an opportunity to involve themselves in community service. So whether it's getting involved with youth soccer, mm-hmm. whether it's getting involved in, um, you know, pancake breakfast. Uh, we the had trunk or treat. a group, a trunk or treat. Which is a big success, yeah. Um, we had a, a, a lot of teams that do the bed races uh, yeah. during the, yep. the Battle of Plattsburgh. Yep. Um, really good reputation among the community. So for me, those are those are critical things that we all, you know, we got to have excellence athletically. We, you know, we, we got to have academic success and we got to get involved in the community. Um, and, you know, work, you know, we've, we're checking a lot of boxes right now on the community side because our teams this year have done fantastic with getting involved in the community. Um, I'll get the grades very soon for first semester. So we'll be able to hopefully check that box out. And then competitively we've had a great fall and we're looking forward to having a great winter, but those are certainly metrics that we'll have to hit, you know, as the year, as the year goes on. And then for me personally, the the Memorial project was a big goal going into this year Mm -hmm. You know, it seems like that project, the conversation for that project started before I got here. So if you can wow. envision this, you know, literally I've ate, slept, and drank that project for the last eight years and then tried to sprinkle in, you know, as an appetizer, the Fieldhouse project. Yep. So for an athletic director, those are those are big things that you want to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some other projects that I mentioned earlier that I want to try to get done over the next few years. Um, 
And they take time and they take work and they take a lot of coordination and they take a lot of politicking to, to, to put the right people together um, to support those projects because uh, you need to get support and buy in on campus, but then you need sometimes to get support off campus as well. Um, question I have is kind of selfish. Have you, has there ever been talks of bringing back a golf team? We've talked about it. Um, you know, I, I've talked to, you know, I think the, and again, I, I, anecdotally, I've just talked to a few folks that it, we've looked strategically at trying to add sports that are going to bring, um, not to say golf wouldn't bring value, yeah, um, yeah. that are going to bring uh, enrollment value to the college. So when we added women's lacrosse, yep. it was intentional for a lot of reasons. But one of the chief reasons was we're going to bring 25 more female athletes here to play a sport. Yeah. Um, and and I lacrosse is like And I'll guarantee you on, like, if we add player. this, we can do this. <clears throat> golf is obviously a much smaller team. Yep. And then my understanding is that when we had golf – a lot of the golfers were students who were already here, but then just happened to, hey, I like playing golf. I want to play golf. I yeah. can't blame them. Um, but 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 if we bring back golf, we want to try to have a deliberate intention to recruit golfers too um, out of yeah. high school and, and, and start. I mean, people laugh at me, but I've talked a couple of years ago about adding bowling. It's yep. a sport we've talked about. Why? Why would you add bowling? Well, Bowling's pretty popular here in Plattsburgh area in Section Seven. Yeah, um, and one of our Plattsburgh next uh, tenants of that that whole concept is to increase North Country engagement and to get more North Country students to come to Plattsburgh. Yep. So, uh, that my selling point for 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 a sport like bowling is we're going to be able to attract a number of North Country students who might want to bowl. We have a bowling alley here in town. We hire a part-time coach. We offer competitive bowling. So sports, I'm not saying we're going to, you know, don't don't quote me and say we're going <laughs> to, tomorrow we're going to add, add bowling. But I think we're looking, when we look at adding, potentially adding sports, we're looking at things that can add that value add of enrollment. Um, and, and the only reason I say golf was, golf was, like I like playing golf. I played yeah. it and in, in, I'm not that good anymore, but I was, I was, pretty good back in the day and uh i could never play in a high school golf team we didn't have it so i was like man plastic has one i'll yeah, probably go to plastic and, and i'll play and uh they got rid of it like my junior year of high school mm-hmm. so that, and it, they haven't brought it back but what everything you said makes yep. total sense i was just wondering i'm like they had it at one point they got rid of it i'm just curious we have a club team oh you do okay and matt salvatore who was the golf coach okay time, matt runs our fitness center he still is the uh Overseas kind of coordinator it? oversees the club golf team. Yeah. So they play out at the barracks um, regularly during the fall. Yeah. Do they go and like travel and play other teams? I don't. To my, I don't think they do. I think they primarily play against each other. Okay. Um, and it, practice more so as a group. Yeah. Collectively. Even if it's just like a, a yeah. hobby, they go out and play. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I just wanted to ask that because I'm like, it, they had it at one point. I yeah. remember that. Um, so I, I know you had wrote this down, and I, I am kind of curious on a multiple front so your, your wife right now is the head coach of um cross country track and yep. field at st lawrence um so obviously i know there's probably a logistical challenge of just purely time spent together <laughs> and everything yeah. like that but what do you guys get from was she an athlete before too she I'm, was I'm guessing yeah. so yeah. 
she ran she ran a Penn State. She was she was a better okay. runner than I was. So so she, so she was a steeplechaser. You know, okay. I don't know if you know you're familiar I, yeah, with the steeplechase yep, event. Yep. So she she ran. That's cross the one country. where they jump over into the yep, water. Jump over the water and yeah, yeah. The barriers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that was kind of like the original Spartan race at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So when you guys look at having two different positions, obviously both athletes, both or you know former athletes, former coach, current coach, and then AD. Uh, what's the conversation like on the like? How do you guys work yeah. together? Do you guys give each other tips? Do you guys just yeah. vent to each other? Do you do you collaborate on all the above? Yeah. All the above, <laughs> yeah. So I was gonna say like most like dinner yeah. time. It's like okay, we're talking no, I, shop. I, it's also something we do. Big hobby. I mean, and and um, you know, we 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 don't shy away. Let's put it this way: some people I think and have great healthy relationships where they just agree ahead of time. We're not gonna talk about work. Yeah. Um, in our case, our. Our, everything we do is so intertwined yeah. that to do that, I think, would be next to impossible. Um, but I would like to think we, we do a really great job of – I can only speak for myself right now. Yeah. <laughs> supporting each other, um, certainly having her still coaching day-to-day, yep. even though it's at a different school. Um, it definitely gives me perspective mm-hmm. of what coaches, the trials and tribulations of every, – because every year it changes, and there's more demands, more pressure – recruiting is getting more challenging um there's there's the kids are being a lot pickier now about where they go to school um when i first started coaching i did all my recruiting pretty much i could do it on the phone um i mean it was phone and that that was pretty much it and then emails became more popular now kids text a lot with coaches and they want to see they want facetime so no matter where you are they want to know when are you coming to watch me play um, and when are you coming to visit me at my high school? That just wasn't a thing when I first started coaching. In the last eight or ten years of my coaching career, that was it. I had to get on the road and do, and that quite honestly is what burns out a lot of younger yeah. coaches because yeah. they have to spend a lot of time, especially if you want a family, um, to be able to do that. So, so she, I, I really feel like she keeps me grounded in terms of understanding the current trends in coaching and the, the pressures and stuff, which gives me a perspective of what our coaches are having to deal with day to day in and out without without being in a place where I'm doing it myself. And then I counter that with giving her some perspective from the administrative side sometimes where, you know, I'm dealing with budgets. Yeah. I'm dealing with increasing costs. I'm dealing with spending seven or $8,000 to take a bus to go down to play Fredonia in Buff state. You know, those are real costs. So you have to be, you know, frugal in terms of how, where you're spending your money and, and how your trips are lining up, whether you go one night overnight, two nights overnight. There's perspective that I think we give each other at bottom line in terms of I do. And it's, uh, it works. I mean, for us, it, it works. And for everyone, it might not. I mean, we, as I mentioned earlier, right now, we, you know, we, we operate out of two different houses, but spend as much time as we can together. Um, and the other you know, the, you work your butt off as a coach, um, regardless of where you're coaching throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, the summertime, most coaches, ours at Plattsburgh here and St. Lawrence, same way, they're on 10-month contracts. So like teachers, they have the summer off. So if you're a good coach, you're still doing some recruiting in the summertime and yeah. you're staying in contact with your players and giving them workouts, but you don't have to be in the office to do that. So we're together all summer long um, and she's here in Plattsburgh and, um, and we're, cause I am working 12 months, mm-hmm. but, uh, 
But throughout the course of the year, we, you know, we're just bouncing back and forth as much as we can and spending as much time together. But uh, it's a good, you know, it's a good, it's a good relationship because it's a great partnership. Is she, uh, she like watching athletics too? She does. Yeah. So I was going to say like, yeah. like a date night for you oh, guys yeah. going to the games. Like, yeah, fine. she was having gone to Penn state, you know, and, and I've gotten indoctrinated, indoctrinated a little bit to the family. Um, you know, her, uh, her sister went to Penn state. Okay. Uh, my brother-in-law played baseball at Penn state. So when we go on summer vacation as a family, You're going to state college, you know, it's a lot of blue and white and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, we did go to state college this past summer actually. And it's first I'd been there as an athlete. Um, when I was competing at St. Lawrence, we went to Penn state and ran an outdoor track meet there, Okay, uh, which was an experience, but I'd never really spent a lot of time in the town and on the campus and she had not been back since she graduated. So we went and spent three days. Uh, she had some, still some friends there. And it was great for me because I, I toured their athletic facilities. Yep. Um, got to see some incredible things. Yep. And when I came back, one of the things that struck me, and, I, and we talked about this earlier today, was um, the Penn State logo, you know, is all over campus. Yeah. The Nittany I mean, Lion? The Nittany Lion is everywhere. Um. You go into a dorm room, the the line the line the head is everywhere. Um and 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 I came back and I said to uh Brian, who I mentioned earlier, Brian Savard mm-hmm. and our sports information team, I said, you know, we do a pretty good job, but we've gotta do we've gotta get this out as much as possible on campus. So we've deliberately gone out this summer or this this year and tried to get more branding in different parts of campus as well, yep. outside of just the athletic venue. That's something Penn State does really well. I'm sure the other Division ones, you know, the big-time schools do that as well. But, uh, but no, so it, it's, it's, it's been good. Um, well, you, when you look at even – which is funny, like the merchandise even, like the bookstore and the oh, stuff yeah. you can get for like Plastic State. I mean, you got, you got a jacket, you yeah. got a hat on. But, yeah. you know, I think the quality of stuff nowadays, the way the logos are, you know, it, it's – and I've been on the website a couple times and you – I mean, you look at different, basically, uh, combinations that you can kind of create with a logo and different yeah. kind of merchandise, but the stuff looks cool, and I think the colors look cool. I think, uh, yeah. you know, kind of adding in more of the black with the red, it kind of makes yeah. it pop. It's a little more modern than just red and white. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, you start going to these big-time colleges, and I, I love Notre Dame, and, and yep. uh, my brother-in-law went to a Penn State, and, you know, I think... Uh, it's just cool to see. Yeah, we, that watched, level. we watched the Michigan game the other day on TV. Oh, because Ohio football State game, and uh, yeah, you know, she's like, "Why do you have this on?" You know, because Penn State, and Michigan are big rivals. Yep. You know, she's, I can't watch it. I said, "Well, we, we got to watch the Michigan Ohio State game." You know, so she sat there and did some recruiting while I was watching the football game. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it is. It's it's a it's certainly a different, similar in, in a lot of respects, but we're at a much larger scale. What a uh, um, well, I want to kind of dump, jump on a couple of things real quick. So, regarding AD, I should have asked you this before, but you mentioned budget. What's a couple yeah. other like? If you said, "Hey, these are kind of the main pillars of things I, I organize." What's under the umbrella of your job? Well, I mean, aside from budgets, I mean, um, you know, my, I mean, I supervise, you know, almost thirty people. So, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of you mentioned the mentorship earlier, but evaluation and, and managing our personnel, which is, you know, from, from hiring coaches to, 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 uh, 
maybe making changes, which fortunately we haven't had to do um, in my time here, um, or recommending that um, to evaluating our staff. Our coaches are evaluated every year. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a process for that. Um, I meet with all of our teams at the end of the year to go over uh, kind of their programmatic evaluations. Not this includes the players? All the players. Yep. I meet with all the players to talk about how do how do we do? You know, how'd the coach do? How'd Sports Info do covering you? Um, how did I do? How did our facility match up? You know, I want your candid feedback. Yeah. Um, Is that pretty well so, received? So, yeah, for the most part, yes. Yeah. You know, um, although I, I laugh every year, and, I, and this is another thing I talk to my wife about, and she can, you know, understands this too, is that I, I have these standard evaluation forms that I we talk for a while, and then we fill them out. And the women's teams are very good about giving me a lot of feedback, positive and negative. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll stay there sometimes for an hour and write. The men's teams, in and out. So this is know? the players or the, the coaches? Players. The players. The players. Okay. They, the men's teams are just – they just want to be in Some and out. Some chicken scratching. You know? You know, just they'll score something on the rubric and leave. But the women's teams give me a lot of a lot of good a good feedback. Um, but certainly, you know, working on big picture items, which is whether it's branding, whether it's sponsorship, mm-hmm. um, whether it's the budgets, whether it's facilities, and what are we trying to do? I serve on a couple different committees on campus: the student success committee. I serve on a capital planning committee. I'm on a couple different search committees. I'm on one right now for a construction manager for the campus. Um, so my day is pretty much taken up with, with doing a lot of those things. Um, I try to get involved as much as I can. I mentioned to you when we first sat down, I, you know, I, my, my vision when I first got here was to try to get a little bit more involved in the community. Mm-hmm. just haven't had time to do that. Yeah. So I've gone to Rotary a couple times and spoken about Plattsburgh Athletics and yep. what we do. Um, but look forward to hopefully over the next, you know, I keep saying it, you know, hopefully over the next year or two, trying to get a little little bit more engaged. You know, when I mentioned when I was in Canton, I, I wouldn't want to necessarily do this again here or anywhere else, but I served on a school board for eight years. I was president of the board for six and I loved those kind of opportunities. I think, you know, they're, they're good. You know, you get the good, bad, and ugly, you know, you, you, you get all sides of it, but, mm-hmm. um, certainly it's, it's helped mold me to the person I am today and shape me. And, and you, you know, that was a great experience for me. Uh, it took a ton of time, especially when I was president yep. and people would sometimes say, why are you doing this? A glutton for punishment. Yeah. Um, but you know, you got to sit in front of an audience of people and make some, you know, talk about some really hard budget times or, uh, in, in, in one of the years I was there, we made a, a transition, a superintendent transition. Yeah. Um, that's problematic and challenging. So y- y- I learned a lot during that experience. And so I've always been one to want to kind of take on those things where I'm going to learn, uh, but also trying to balance your time effectively to make sure you're giving it. Well, you, you usually look at, um, you know, in different aspects, <clears throat> like if you're in any type of leadership position, could be administrative, if you're talking about schooling, um, you know, they kind of go with the adage of like, it's lonely at the top in the sense that you, at the end of the day, kind of the, the buck stops with you and that you, you lean on some people, but ultimately it's like, all right, you're, you're, I mean, if you're in a leadership position, you're obviously, you're paid for decisions. You're yeah. paid to be decisive. You're paid to, whether it's popular or unpopular. Um, and you've been in multiple positions of that. Do you find, is that, do you have hard times making decisions? Do you have hard times maybe with 
you know, kind of the pushback and, you know, you seem like a pretty nice guy. You see, yeah. you know, and I doubt anybody's yeah. really looking for confrontation, but unfortunately yeah. when you become the head of anything yeah. you, that comes with the territory, is that something that you found challenging? Do you find that you've embraced it? Do you find that you've been able to navigate it or do you find like, Hey, I, I struggle with it, you know? Yeah. Cause I think if you were to say that, I don't think anybody would be like, yeah, oh, no. it's no, an easy yeah. job to, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and I knew coming into this job mm-hmm. and I had a few really good friends of mine who I value my friendship with tell me this too. You're going to struggle with that. If you look, if there's one aspect you're going to struggle with, it's that because you're, you know, you're a nice guy who doesn't like to say no. Mm -hmm. I like to try to find a way to make things happen. Yeah. Um, so very much like in coaching, you had to learn some things right off the bat. That's the thing I've really had to work on. Yeah. And I think it gets better every year that I've been here and with age and experience, you know, I think some of that comes naturally that it's easier for you to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm one that, you know, I like to make, uh, I like to involve a lot of other folks and get a lot of other opinions on what we're doing. So we work collectively as an administrative team. I lean on others to give me advice and counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an issue earlier today that we're still working through some things. So I can't get into too many of the no, details, no, yeah. with, but but I called uh, I called uh, Ken Canelli, who's our chief of staff yep. at the college. Yep. Great guy. I have a great relationship with him. I said, Ken, I just need to bend your ear for a minute. You got five minutes. Yeah, sure. We talked through an issue. Mm-hmm. Gave me a perspective. Not telling me what to do. You you know you figure it out. But here's yeah. my More perspective on it. So so I really like to I va- and I value the fact that here at Plattsburgh I've had some good people that I've can 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 rely on. Uh, but at the end of the day, as you say, somebody's got to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten much better about being deliberate. This is what we got to do. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's a work in progress. Um, it's a I just had this conversation yesterday where I was saying, you know, I when you send out an email and you say, hey, I need I need this back ASAP. Well, ASAP for you it's relative. Might, yeah, might be it might be next week. And for me, it's like. I need to rephrase that with with some people that say, I need this back by tomorrow at noon, or I need this back by the end of Tuesday. Yep. Um, that's not something that's come naturally to me. Uh, so there are things that there's no, you know, I think all of us, we still have, uh, you know, work to do and, and things I can learn and, and things I can certainly get better at. Um, and that's something I've, over the last couple of years, have had to get better at. When you start more things kind of come on your plate. You got to say no more. You also have to be more decisive. And I think by necessity, I'm making quicker, more decisive decisions because I'm like, honestly, I don't have the time to to deliberate on it because yes, you got got things going on, you're busy. And um, I mean, it doesn't make it any less hard. I always go with, if I, if I think I made the best decision with the inputs I have, meaning like the conversations I have, or just the knowledge I have that I'm, I'm good. Like I can live with it, but, um, but yeah, you ruffle feathers the wrong way. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, well, I'm in this position for a reason yeah. and I just got to step up and do it. And it's not fun. And I, I kind of had down, what was your biggest challenge since yeah. taking position? Do yeah. you think that that's it? That's it. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the thing is, and, is, uh, is, is and not to say our coaches um, or others in our department don't, don't understand this. I think they do, but I think sometimes in the heat of the moment or in the, sometimes in the heat of their season, they may not be thinking about this, is for 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 them if 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 you're they're thinking about what's best for their team mm-hmm. and their and their sport yep. and their coaching 
my job is to make sure that I'm thinking about what's best collectively for the whole department. Yeah. And yep. many times the college. So um, if, if we have an athlete or a team or a coach doing something that's not uh, in the best light, um, that, yeah, that's going to impact the team. But, but, I, but at the end of the day, that's going to impact the department. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we want my, I want Plattsburgh athletics to be projected as positive as possible. Yeah. I want people to enjoy coming to the hockey games, to enjoy coming to basketball games. I don't want them to have to worry about what they're going to hear there or see there or things like that. And so it's when you do have to make those hard decisions, I always kind of go back to that is my grounding principle Yeah, is, is what's going to present us in the best light. And what maybe is does not put us in the best light. Yeah. Um, and that those are the easier ones to easy for me to say no to or or yes to. Might still be hard for people to understand, but what? at the end of the day, that's that's my job is to make sure Plattsburgh Athletics and, is, and is if well you, received. Well, you said if you have that principle where it's like that's just what I go off of, like that's yeah. my, my Ten Commandments or whatever yeah. you want to put on a you know put up there. That's uh, you know it becomes easier because like yep. you kind of already thought through the process yep. and. Um, now, and again, if you don't have, you don't have to answer this if you want it, but what is your favorite sport to watch? I don't want to ruffle feathers, but like if you, if you said, Hey, on campus or even on TV or whatever, but is there sports that you just really enjoy? Not because of success, not maybe it's the atmosphere. Maybe it is because of success. Maybe it's just the sport. Do you, is there one that you're like, I really like to go to those games. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's hard. I mean, I, what I'll say is this the political, good, best Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, On campus, I love watching everything. Yep. I mean, I really do. I I mean, I mean, obviously, I was a runner. So I, I go to track meets. I go to cross-country races. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I love and You played I love basketball. And yeah. I played basketball. I played hockey growing up. Um, I, you know, I professionally, I'm a hockey fan. Number one. I mean, I'm a Ranger fan. Yeah. So I admitted it. So that's good. I don't think I've missed a Ranger game so far this year. We didn't play very well against Buffalo last night. Oh, so you watch them on TV. I watch them on TV. Gotcha. And I try to go to, I try to go when I can. I haven't gone to a game yet this year, but in fact, my wife and I were just talking about that over Thanksgiving. I try to go to a couple Ranger games every year. At the garden Um, or does it matter? I like, Like, I go to the garden. Um, I have, uh, I have two sons, uh, that live in Tampa. So my wife and I are going down there in December, the week before Christmas. So, yep. uh, both of my sons played hockey. So my oldest son was just talking to me last night about, Hey, you know, Tampa's playing while you're down here. So we're going to try to catch a game when we're down there. Are Won't they playing as, the Rangers? They're not playing the Rangers. Won't okay. be as fun yeah. uh, because they're not playing the Rangers. But, uh, I think they play the Leafs one night, maybe the Blues another night, but, but I, I enjoy, you know, the fast pace yeah. of hockey. Yep. You know, I mentioned earlier I like football. Um, I, I miss football. Like, I wish we had football here at Plattsburgh. Yep. And people have said to me, ah, come on, we got to bring football back. It's a huge. That's a huge commitment. It's a huge commitment yeah. that, that, that we just simply can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had football at St. Lawrence, and I enjoyed watching the games, and, and I enjoy watching college and professional football. But – Probably hockey would probably be from a professional level the sport I like to watch the most. Um, a couple, I think it was two years ago, I went and saw, and this, I, this is pretty cool, I saw Boston play, and it was the year that, Bo, I think it was the year that Boston had like the outrageous like win record, or yep. whatever, um, and they played um, the Penguins, Yeah, which is cool, and um, 
She gets you think, Crosby played. I think Boston yeah. won, but Crosby scored. And yeah. the thing is, like, I grew up in, and Crosby's about my age, maybe a year older. Yeah. And uh, he was always the guy he just, I knew, I mean, almost at this point, you know, we're pushing 20 years, maybe a little bit, maybe just under, but he was always the big name. And <clears throat> to see him play in real life, which is cool. Like Patrice Bergeron was still out yeah. there. There was, I mean, you still had some, yeah, some, you know, relatively good, uh, again, I'm, some of the names start to start to, uh, or Marshawn was on yeah, uh, Boston. Brad so you, yeah. yeah, Brad Marshawn. Yeah. So you had some guys that were yeah. like, you know, had won some cups, had won, you know, yeah. had a lot of success and it's just fun watching them. Yeah. And it's fun watching pro sports, but I, and I, I never played hockey. I enjoy watching hockey purely yeah. because of the, uh, you know, the, the speed of it. Yeah. Um, I will say there's still, I know probably 90% of the rules of hockey. There's still a couple of weird ones and I'm like, yeah. I, like, what, what is that? What is yeah. that? And, uh, you know, so it's not a sport that I'm super knowledgeable on, but I do enjoy yeah. enjoy watching it. Basketball, I played basketball. I enjoy watching basketball, so I think I like watching that because I understand it more, yeah. like from a strategic standpoint. But soccer, the same way. But it's fun. Like it's, it is, and, and I, I and I think what makes I guess what makes the game so much fun here is a I know the coaches really well. Yeah, coaching, and I'm rooting for them, and I'm pulling for them. Yeah, but then I also get to know some of the players. Yeah, you know, I agree. and 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 it's just uh, some of our athletes. They're just fantastic. You know, I say kids, but they're, I know they're Young not adults. Kids, but, yeah, not you. but it's just once you get to know them, you you enjoy going and supporting them. Yeah, regardless of whether I I think I said the first couple of years I was here, like my mother in law played softball at a really high level okay. and I, I you know i never quite could understand softball i'm like you know geez you know because baseball games take forever yeah. you know yep. um but i went to you know like and when i was coaching at st lawrence i never had time to really go to other yep. games as yep. much as i wanted to but once i got here it's like the two sports probably i embraced the most initially were volleyball and softball Okay. Because I just hadn't seen them a lot, and they're both pretty intense games. Yeah, I you love know, watching volleyball. Softball That's cool because sport. it's a shorter, shorter game. Yep. It's fast pitch. The ball's moving fast. Yep. Even when it's hit, it's moved fast and hard. And it's quick because the base and it's are a quick game. Yep. Um, it, it's just I, I have a lot of fun watching it. A lot of respect for the players, and then volleyball, same thing. You know, so so I, I I've really come to appreciate sports now that I'm in this role that I didn't fully appreciate when I was coaching. I, I think like you said, knowing the players, knowing the coaches yeah. and even us going to some now, it's like, we know some of the players and you know, my wife still likes the soccer yeah. team and the soccer girls. And you know, so you start to know them on a personal level. And it was just funny yesterday. I had to go do something. Um, this is for a golf tournament we run and we had to go get a photo op thing. And it happened to be on campus. One of the departments is there. So we walked down like the first person I see walking out was a girl from the soccer team that I know and yeah. t- chatted with her you know, as we were walking in. But when you go see them play, it's like, you know, you have a little bit more connection and it's just the team. And cause yeah. you're like, how did that player play? How did they, you know, yeah. and you, or you see him and you talk to him. And I think that it kind of brings you, you know, tighter. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, we've had conversations like this before with different teachers and, and, you know, local people of like the college, it's such an influx of, of out of town people that, you know, when you do tie it in with the community and you kind of have this like more of an embrace between the, the you know, Plusford's like its own little ecosystem, yeah. you know, and you even said it coming yeah. here, like, I, I wish I was more involved or knew yeah. more people out of the community. But, you know, I think if the, the ties to the team in the community, there is some overlap, but if you really get an overlap yeah. and it becomes truly like that hometown team where yeah. even if the players from New York City comes up or from Long Island, it's someone that you can... As a local person, you're like, I know Kevin, or I know, you know, Sarah, or I know, right. and you get this, 
um, you know, like I said, a little bit more bought in yep. and more into the success of the kids. And then, and like the kids, if yeah. they go down and do the bed race and they're pushing Billy yep. Jones down, at least like, oh, he's our congressperson. Yeah. He seems like a good guy. Absolutely. And like he's yeah. local. And, and yeah. I, I do think that that's kind of a, kind of a cool overlap yeah. when you see like that. Cause, yeah. and again, that Plasterick State, some colleges don't have this, but Plasterick State is like in the center of the community. Like yeah. you drive through it. You, oh, yeah. Businesses are, you know, day to day. I mean, I drive through the campus every day, either going yep. home or coming to work. Um, and I say quite often that, you know, unlike St. Lawrence, where we were we were fighting for attention from Clarkson, mm-hmm. Potsdam, Canton, St. Lawrence, yeah. all within a 10-mile radius. Yep. With no real – Canton has brought back their hometown newspaper, which is great, but it's a weekly publication. But – no real TV station or or media presence really big in that area. Yep. Plattsburgh, we came here. It's like wow, we're getting you know we're getting uh, WPTZ, we're getting uh, WCAX, uh, WCAX, Fox, yeah. we're getting Fox. You know, uh, Ken Drake's been great. He comes yeah, Ken, to a, yeah. Comes to a lot of our events. and yep. covers us. Uh, working for the station at Burlington. So I mean, we're we're. Uh, you know, and then the Press Republican and, mm-hmm. and now Ricky working with the Sun Paper. Or why are we doing games? Why are we doing the games? Yeah. We never got any of that. So so it's definitely the exposure and the media exposure is a lot higher here than it is at other places. Um, and again, I, I'm sure you oversee this. Who's who's buying the social accounts for Plastic State? Mostly our sports information team. Okay. Because you know? they do a fantastic yep. job. Yep. And I think, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> I think I saw the, well, the, Someone pointed him out. It might have been Brett. I was talking to Brett. It was at the Hall of Fame game or uh, ceremony. And it was a younger guy, tall tall kid. He was with Brian. Yep. Um, and I think someone Caleb. said that yeah. he was part. Of, I don't know the kid's yep. name, but I saw him at the basketball game the other day or a week yep. ago too. Um, but the, I feel like the social media has elevated in recent times oh, for yeah. Plastic, which I don't know if that's yeah. – I'm sure that's a metric you guys follow, but it, yeah. it looks good. It's it, yeah. you know you There's a lot of engagement on the post. There's a lot of yeah. – uh, you know, it's followed the, you know, the social posts. I try to follow, you know, a handful of the teams yeah. and I just think it looks good. Obviously the local pops and, and a lot of the graphics they yeah. use and they have like the players for the games and the media day. So it really ties together nicely. Yeah. Caleb Phillips is our, our new director of athletic communications. Okay. Is when, that Caleb? When, the, the yeah, one referring Caleb, to? Okay. Yep. when Brian shifted to a uh, full-time assistant AD and the whole role of sports information is one been one that's been evolving mm-hmm. over time. Um, Certainly when I first started coaching, and I know a lot of our Sports Info folks at the time, they were writing like sports writers, writing the stories for games. That's become – you still have to write a story. Yep. But that's small potatoes compared to the social media engagement, yeah. New the world. videos, everything that our kids want who are competing. Parents want to see yep. uh, the webcast of the game. The plays of the week plays. But then, and, yeah. Plays of the week, but yep. then also for recruiting. I yeah. mean, you, you mm-hmm. need – Good pictures. You need good content. So yeah, he does a great job. Our staff does a great job because a lot of our coaches put together kind of their own social media teams yep. uh, to run their their team accounts. Yep. So Caleb and Brian uh, and Donisha now is our our new assistant in that area. Uh, they do a great job running our main athletic accounts. Yep. And then they help and provide content and support for our teams to run their team accounts. But uh, and, but yeah, it's it's good. And and they're all um, I like marketing and stuff. And we start seeing a lot of these companies or like companies. We start seeing where my brain is. But a lot of these teams all interconnected. And I said the graphics all kind of mirror each other. And I said it really has a collective like almost like the same feel language branding. You start yeah. branding something, 
You don't want someone using different graphics and different logos and different colors and different font than what someone else yeah. uses because you want it to kind of tie together. Absolutely. Um, last last topic I want to bring up just because uh, we'll get off of sports here for a second. Yeah. You wrote down you're an avid political and current <laughs> events news junkie. Yeah. Well, I, I don't it's, know. I mean, Abbott's relative, right? But that's yeah, fine. I mean, I, I, I follow politics quite a bit. So are you talking my, national, local, state? Uh, all of the above. Okay. Um, I mean, but my, yeah, my, my, it's funny because I just think it was just my wife that would laugh at me, but it's my kid. I mean, like on election night, if it's certainly, if it's a national election, yep. I'm planning to be up all night. I mean, yeah. I don't like to go to bed not knowing. Do you have the board and how, color I, in? I will have a board. I'll have stuff. And I mentioned this earlier with, you know, my dad being involved in local politics. It's my greatest memories as a kid growing up was, you know, going down, grabbing a pizza and sitting there waiting for small town election results to come pouring in. But uh, so that was kind of where I, but I, you know, this is where my wife and I diverge a little bit when it comes to TV watching is I watch a lot of news, you know, to see what's going on. And I, I like to think that I try to be as open-minded as possible. So yeah. I don't, I don't spend, you know, if you look at the dial on my TV, it's not set solely on CNN or solely on Fox or MSNBC. I, I go back and forth. Okay. And that bothers the Dickens out of her. You know, I mean, she's like, what are you doing? Are you like a split screen guy? Like, you know, almost like you're watching. And she's a- not, she doesn't like to hear a lot of it because, yeah. you know, let's face it. A, a lot of the news sometimes, unfortunately, is depressing. Yeah. You know, doom and gloom. Of, yep. Talking about wars and conflicts and. So she wants to watch NCIS or watch one of her shows on TV. And, and you know, so, um, you know, sometimes it's, it's that's the upside. If there is an upside to, you know, maybe she's in Canton tonight and I'm here. I can yeah. watch news all night long, you know, <laughs> if there's not a Ranger game on. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I like to follow what's going on and, and um, stay involved. Were you, were you, what was your major in uh, college? Political I was science? a, go- I was a government major. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, cause yeah. I've had a couple people that have come on and they're in different fields and, but when you start to, it's funny when you ask like, what did you major in? And yeah. it's funny how a lot of people still take, have that interest from when they were 20 years old. And a lot of it, like political science is a big one that, yeah. um, you know, I've had other people come on, like some people were actually like, um, I've had a couple that went on to like culinary studies that still maybe not do it now, but still have a background in cooking, like do it as a hobby. Um, but political science, I think is probably the number one thing that people have gone into that still have a, a passion for it, but do yep. nothing with it. Yeah. But it's still like there. Yeah. It makes um, sense. I mean, it makes sense. You know, I, I'm not a big, uh, it's funny. I'm not, I watch uh, local news every night. Like yep. I have, I have a local news station on every single night and usually when the national news comes on, I turn it off just because of the doom yeah. and gloom aspect. And I'm not a big, like, I try to be open-minded. I try to be, you know, and we always have our biases and we have which way we yep. believe and think and everything or what we think is correct. And, you know, yep. some people get really passionate about that, but, uh, I, I like the, if you strip away all the, you know, the kind of the circus aspect of politics, I always, I really like the idea of politics. I like, um, and I've had different political uh, figures on. I've had Billy, I've had uh, Dan Steck, I've had Mike Cashman, yep. I've had Chris Rosenquist. You know, when you start, you know, talking to a lot of them, especially in the local level, it's, you know, and it kind of changes. You go from local, then you start seeing what Billy deals with and what Dan deals with at the state level. I haven't had anybody at the national level um, on, but you can kind of see how, where it kind of builds out, which is like, like you can take it like sports yeah. coach to AD to now if there's like a regional director, you can see how it kind of branches out. But I think the, you know, the science behind it's cool. Yeah. Um, I think the, 
you know, when you start looking at politics, there's the politics, there's the marketing, there's like the psychological, there's the social, there's like all these different sciences tied into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of strategy. Yeah. Um, I had Gary Douglas on who runs the, or is the, I guess president or whatever his title is at the chamber of commerce. He's yeah. G- Gary's a, a big, a uh, big player locally, but he started out as he, you know, worked, um, you know, down in DC and worked at the state level. And he's a big strategist. Yeah. And we start looking at how it ties into other things. A lot of it's human nature. Yeah. It's just you're changing out like in your case, sports for, whether it be healthcare, whether it be social security or whether, you know, all these different things that are war and, and defense. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's meeting people too, which I think is, I mean, I think my dad, he, he, he enjoyed that. And I listened to a little bit of your podcast with Billy and, mm-hmm. and Billy Jones, and he was talking about the interactions he has with people. Yeah. Um, is a big part of why he loves his job, you know? And, and, and that's, I like that aspect about my job because I get to meet a lot of people, even yeah. Even the people I work with is great, but then at games, I'm talking to a lot of the spectators. Yeah. And I've come across a lot of passionate Plattsburgh fans that aren't afraid to tell me their opinion. Yeah. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but, you know, politics kind of allows some of that as well to, mm-hmm. to, to, to kind of, you know, that's partly what I, when I was doing the school board, um, you know, uh, my kids were all in school at the time. And it was partly because I was coaching. I didn't have, I couldn't commit to helping out in the school as much as a lot of parents will sometimes go in and help out a field trip or help PTO here or, do or that. something. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is something I could do because it's at night and it's the meetings are later at night and do that. Um, but I think one of the things I, I do still think is present with politics, you know, despite the chaotic nature of how our House and our Senate and stuff, things, work sometimes yep. and you see it on TV and you see the circus on TV, yep. there's a certain amount of um, pageantry or history or um, tradition yeah. that lives on yeah. in, in that institution that is unlike anything else, you know, in my opinion, you know, in terms yeah. of how we conduct the election, how uh, somebody's I, elected, the pageantry that goes I, along I with it. I still like, you know? like, I watch every state of the union I love yep. watching State of the Union addresses yeah. just because there's a historical aspect to it. I said I, the idea of a de- uh, democratic election, you go in and you vote. I brought my – last year I brought my son. This yeah. year I brought my daughter. My daughter's four. My son was it's four great. or five yeah. at the time. Yeah. And they were doing um, – at their school, they were voting on ice cream, chocolate or vanilla ice cream. So like, And they yeah. talked about it. Like, we're voting. Yeah. Our election day is what we're doing. And I was like, I want them to come in. And I circled – the, the ballot and my daughter took the pen and she colored it in. So I yeah. circled the next one. She colored it in. So it was, awesome. just, it was just yeah. getting them to see it and, and yeah. kind of like, hey, we're going to get up in the morning. We're going to go do it. And I voted in every election since I've been able to. I just think it's something we should yeah. do. And, um, you know, I think just the aspect and, and there is a buzz on Election Day. You know, and I think that whether it's a national, whether this year was a lot more local politics, but it was still the, you know, the buzz of election day. And I still wanted to check the news who won and what was the poll results and how many people vote. Like I like looking at how many, especially local, how many people actually went and voted. Yeah. And, uh, and when you start getting on the national, there's obviously more analytics and data. I mean, I'll be honest, this, just this past week, I was looking at polls for different elections that aren't happening for another year. So I was like, I'm just curious, like what, where's everything standing right now? And, uh. And then you start to go, pat, like, I still love, um, you know, Inauguration Day. 
I still love, obviously, election night, I think it's just fun. I'm the same. I will watch yeah. election day until the yeah. results come in because yeah. I just think it's, I get bummed out when it's not decided that night. I'm you like, get caught ah, in. I know. Oh, we yeah. got to wait for the, yeah. the absentee ballots. You're waiting and, for a week. Yeah. yeah. And, but yeah. it's, there, there is something around that. And like, you just seeing like the red and the blue. Yeah. And, and I also learned stuff too. Like, you go into, um, and I'm going to say like the national elections. I've never seen it before, but like Maine and was it um, Nebraska? They have like the one little district that's the mm-hmm. one electoral, but right. the rest of it, and I've yep. never seen that before. And then you start seeing like vertical st- or uh, yeah. uh, diagonal stripes. And I'm yeah. like, what is Because yeah. I always remember just red and blue. Yeah. And now I think things have changed. And I think I asked uh, uh, Harvey Shantz, he, the political science at uh, Plastic State, he's come on a couple of yeah. times. And hearing him talk about it, because obviously that's his field, and it, it's, it's cool how things it work. Is. And then we start going back. I mean, that, that guy's a wizard when it comes to historical data, but you start going back and like why things happen and yeah. how they switched in, where are the boundary lines and, you know, everything was thought out and United States is a very young country, yeah, uh, but it's still set in tradition and still ahead of, I mean, as spearheaded political movements of how things are governed now. Yeah. Um, and I still, like you said, there's still a historical aspect of it. Like I still think... You know, the presidential position and the Supreme Court, and you start going into these, it, you know, you start yeah. looking at who was in those positions that we deem like George Washington and Abe Lincoln and FDR yeah. and, you know, JFK and, and Reagan. Yeah. You start going through these historical like behemoths. Yeah. And it's still like, like George Washington is, that's still the position yeah. today, almost yeah. 300, well, 250 years later. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, like, no, it's, it is very cool. And I, I mean, the one thing I get, I, I get depressed a little bit about is that the um, the newsprint media, um, unfortunately, has gone, is 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 diminished a lot. I mean, like I'm a newspaper junkie. Yeah. So I will still buy the Press Republican. Yep. Uh, on a daily basis, but I used to like when I was when I was living in Canton, I would walk down to the to the gas station every morning and from my house and pick up three or four newspapers and come back and yeah. read one maybe before work and then read the rest when I come home at night. I don't do that anymore because it's gotten to be, there's not, there's not a lot in there. Yeah. Um, which I think is somewhat for an old guy like me who likes newspapers. Yeah. A little bit depressing. Cause yeah. I used to just, there's nothing like reading a good paper. You I, know, I, I uh, um, now you got to go online to get, uh, you know, all your, all your news. I, but, I, I still read most of my, but, I, I still read almost every book, um, paperback yeah. or paper, hardcover, you know, yeah. physical. And then like yeah. newspaper, same thing. I used to, I flip it open. I'd get it in the morning. What's on the cover. You'd flip it open. You kind of like, I would glance through it as a yeah. kid. It was only the sports section. As yeah. I got older, I would read the front. I'd read yeah. the sports. And now, and now the cool thing is like, you look at most of the stuff in the paper. Like, I'm like, Oh, I know that person. I know that guy. I know yeah. that gal. Like, you know, that yeah. company, you know, that situation. And, um, you know, and I think that that's where it kind of stems up. Or if I hear plastic state, like, Oh, I know Mike, I know yeah. that coach. I know yeah. like, you know, I know those people. Or if they mention a player, it's like, Oh, I, yeah, so and so had a good yeah. game or whatever, and yeah. you know, I think the paper, papers. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's a dying industry, yeah. but it's also one like I still like a paper. I still like I flipping know. it open, yeah. it's like the yeah. creases, the fold, yeah. the flipping, and yeah. um, no, it, it's definitely pretty cool. That's but uh, well, Mike, we're gonna wrap up there. Um, I just want I just wanted to touch on your yeah. your avid pol- politic. Uh, yeah, you got thing, it. But. Uh, but yeah, the big weekend this weekend for uh, Plastic State Sports. Um, and again, I think uh, you know if people can get out and go see some games, there's some high talent level locally, and 
Again, you just mentioned the men hockey's number one in the nation right now. Yeah. The women, we'd say they're three or four. Well, women are. There's two polls out. One in their three, one in their four. Yeah, and so they, they're and the just be Middlebury, who was what fifth? Yeah, Middlebury's fifth. Yeah, so that be, might uh, kind of Wisconsin Eau Claire that was ninth last yeah. week. So two ranked teams they beat last week. Yeah, and and uh, so the teams are looking good, and you know obviously yep. there's other sports that people can get out and enjoy, and and the new facilities too. Go, go take a look and take, uh, a look. take a sneak peek. So, uh, Mike, I appreciate coming on. Um, again, if anybody wants to find Mike, go to Plastic State Athletics. I think it's GoCardinalSports.com. You got it. Um, yeah. And check out some social media stuff because they do have a very – they've elevated the presence of, of late, I feel, and uh, some good people yeah. behind the scenes there. So, um, well, and go Cards. Yeah, sounds great. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. All That's right. episode uh, 252. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.